City is alive on 97.3. City 97.3. Accra. There can be no other than three. No need to change. Keep it tuned to City. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM. 
why we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 29 minutes past six, Daughters of Glorious Jesus, welcoming you to the Monday edition. It's the last week of the month of September. Thank you for staying true to 97.3 CDFM. In a week that will be culminated by a big, 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 big sport event. It's called the City Business Olympics. Starting the show with Business Sense brought to you by ADB. Jumping into the newspaper review, business and sports. All within the first hour. So much to talk about on your favorite radio show. How can organizational culture help you build a strong and consistent brand? Well, there are six tips from our friend from ADB. He says, a positive and inclusive culture fosters employee engagement and satisfaction. When employees feel heard, understood, respected, accepted, and valued, they develop a strong connection with the company's mission. So your branding efforts must begin within. Your branding efforts don't start with a billboard. They don't start with an advert. They start with making sure your employees are heard, understood, respected, accepted, and valued. Business sense from today. Brought to you from ADB. If you're a paid employee or salary worker, this is the chance you have to top up your loan at a reduced interest rate and turn off up to six years and offer open to non-customers as well call 0302210210 adb the people's bank adb truly at greek and more this is the city breakfast show the city's biggest conversation Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Unleashing the power of the way. This is City 97. Yours. And there'll be no fuss and fight. And I say, 
You know this is true, right? <laughs> Anything you can do, I can do it better. Peter Toss, the man always defying the odds. 634 Newspaper Review brought to you by Total Energies. A poorly maintained car engine can age faster. That's why we offer you ART, the specially formulated quartz, a breakthrough innovation, ensures optimal performance for your engine, improves protection against mechanical wear by up to 74%. Choose quartz from Total Energies. Choose the engine oil that keeps your engine running efficiently and effectively. And also brought to you by Fidelity Bank. Our Ijapar account is here to help you. Gives you convenient payment and cash collections, such as the GHQR Mobile Money Collect, Mobile Teller Cash Collection, access to competitively priced loans, a dedicated relationship officer, and so much more. An interest earning account that helps you if you are a registered or sole proprietorship. No. Dial star 776 star zero hash or visit fidelitybank.com.gh for more information. And this weekend is a big one. City Business Olympics coming your way. If your company has registered but has not made the payment yet, do that before close of day to register your name as we compete in many fields. Tag of war, tag of peace, seven aside football, lime and spoon race, CEO's challenge, scrabble chess, and bow and arrow. Jumping straight into the newspaper segment, Richard Delasky in a new shirt. Good morning. Good morning, my brother. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Great job. It was amazing listening to you on Friday. What I would this news, my God, you know, you 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 don't lose some things. You know, it, it was like nothing had changed. Yeah. You know, it was just amazing. Over that, among of you. I tell you, how, how did that happen, though? Oh, so, um, I, you know, it was raining that day, um, so badly, traffic, huge. So I had gone to see my baba, yes. and um, there was light off, <laughs> and it was raining badly. And you know my experience? It does have generator. Yeah, that's right. So I didn't want to go home. So I drove to the office. Quietly. Uh -huh. So when I came to the office, I was sitting there, the boys came, giddy, giddy, da, ah. You know, what the host was not... The host is also caught up in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so they played the, the news jingle once. And the host and they, was still not here. The host was still caught up in traffic. So... They decided to no, play they, commercial. They commanded <laughs> Yeah, then they commanded me that look. So uh, without preparation, pre without, without preparation, going nothing, through the scripts, nothing. wearing your blue and black fugu, fugu I oh dragged into the studio. Please, it's a vintage. It should keep the recording for future reference. <laughs> From our studios in number 11, Dr. Martin Street, this is Eyewitness News with Richard Delasca. <laughs> Coming up, after, after torrential rays and golf. <laughs> after six years. Hey! Charlie, Charlie, no, stop. No, 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 no. There's even an appeal that you should come back once a week. They say, just come back for sick, just once a week. Come and come and dirty yourself and go. No, ready, was here as Oh, my God. It is the master, the master of the game. He was interviewing the guy. He was named some lawyer. You know, the lawyer was saying you should prove some argument. This guy look at the lawyer. I say, you small boys are young. So just go. Hey! The guy said he should prove the other argument before he will answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> when were we? You were not small, so you just go. Yeah. Uh, so but I'll also uh, on the matter of the rain. The rain. Uh -huh. mm. Look. Serious, yeah? We, 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 
if if Charlie, no, it's serious. The it's serious. Yeah, it's serious. It's we not are like this away from swimming. Yeah, one of these days. Guy, the uh, number of places that we have a video we circulated: mm -hmm. Weja area, Kasua area, mm -hmm. Temamoto way, the road that leads to um, some water company, Belakwa area. Oh, um, I mean, everywhere. Mm -hmm. It was so bad, and I don't know whether the rain was that heavy. It was, you know, um, and it's interesting that we had been highlighting some of these roads uh, for the past two weeks. Yes. Like the Kaswa side, Sky yes. had been complaining yes. about that road yes. for some time now. Yes. And one of the things that we had spoken about was get the national, that the state of our roads should interest national security. National, to be fair, they over went, the weekend, yes. national, yes, yes. National security yes. are the ones yes. clearing the roads. Yes. yes. The sand yes. of the road. Yes. Yes. You see, because, and, and let me read something for you okay, before you read go. It for me. Good morning, Bernard. Trust you are well. Please, we really need your help. Those of us at Kaswa are always going through hell when it rains. And days after the rain, we still go through hell. Yep. I had to wake up at 3 a.m. to avoid traffic. We even had to use the opposite lane to face those from Accra. It rained on Friday and today, Monday, we're still suffering because the silt in front of Atala is not all gone. In fact, the three lane is now one. Broken down vehicles here, broken down vehicles there. Everything is basa, nyama. I believe people will start sending you messages this morning about the situation. Mm. Kindly ask our MP, Sylvester Tete, what he's doing about the situation. Nothing mm. is going on and we are suffering. This is from Jess Lord. Jess Lord, it is your MC you should be asking questions of. Anyway, let's get into headlines. Anyway, we can deal with this mm, later. Start the front the page final. of the Finder newspaper. Mm -hmm. French classes for 2,000 commences to serve French-speaking tourists better. This is coming from... Dr. Ibrahim Mohammed Awa, Minister of Tourism at Encounter. Charlie, did you see the video? He said uh, the, the funeral tourism. Hey, Charlie. Anyway, very sad story also on the front page of the paper. Radio Adana journalist uh, has passed away. As as yeah. Ochem Abuaji. Yes. Uh, the former MP for Bantam. Noah Nandame has passed away. And then also the Honorable Lee Palimo, uh, oh. a good friend, is also no more. Oh. Uh, yeah. Parliament announced that on their page. Oh, you oh, you know, tell me. Charlie. Yeah, oh, I Lee news yesterday. He was in, he's been Parliament since 92 Charlie, till Charlie, I think 2013 or something. No, no, no. He, he died in 2000. He, he was destined to... He was one of the... Earliest. The earliest, but he left parliament I think, yes, four years ago or something. Yeah, I think eight years ago, if my memory serves. Like Palimoteria. Yeah, that's right. Bandai. Bandai. MP for Bandai. Good man. Good, oh, good, Charlie. Good man. He was just a personal friend. Oh, Charlie. Yeah. One more headline from me on the front page of the Finder. We are just doing our work and not harassing traders. Jiari. Yeah, there's, there's a big meeting there's a between big meeting, Jiari yes. and the Kumasi's um, Guta yeah. over the, what they say discrimination. Uh, over treatment at the ports. Mm. So we'll Let me take that. you to the BNFT. The big story says financial stocks rebound with 12% gain. Also, supply crunch. Supply crunch puts cocoa producers in driving seat. And then also this thing about the petroleum sector uh, says that the petroleum upstream chamber uh, launches 2023 industry report. All right, get into the chronicle. The front page of the chronicle, Alan Cash to drop a political bombshell today. Mm. is the question they're asking. Sources say a third force is on the cards. Mm. Ferrata leads the battle to achieving climate goals. Okay. Let me take you to the Daily Guide. The big story says no camping of delegates. MPP is warning flag bearer aspirants ahead of the uh, primary is in uh, November. Also, we are told that Adokufo angry over one billion dollar rich tag. Charlie, mm. <laughs> people are saying all kinds of things. Uh, ex Bantam MPs, uh, Bantama MPs' death sparks controversy, and Light Foundation marks international peace. Okay. 
I moving think. to and the yeah before you go though there's something here that says protesters plan to occupy Mohammed's office i don't know why anybody would think of doing that that's on the front, front page, page of the daily guide the new publisher also says on the matter of one million bribe uh, one million dollar bribe allegation mm -hmm. play the tape or go with you incredibility <laughs> crisis go with you. the story of the passing of uh Chema Boaje also mm -hmm. missed the front page of the paper. 41 Ghanaians wrought in Nigerian jail over QNET job scam. Hey. Let me take you to the Herald. The big story says uh, Kufuado orders GMPC to secure $700 million in loan to settle debt created by his family business. Mm. And that is packing concerns, according to uh, the newspaper. Also, mm. Ghana's military sits on rape case against senior officer mm. Alan Blue. Mm. And then Government dishing out 300 million Ghana CDs to McDonald's salt business. Nagging questions are being raised. Mm. And then coming up, Kennedy Japan's days as Ghana Gas Board Chair numbered. Finally, from me, the front page of the custodian, the GRA story makes to the front page of the paper. Police apologizes for Occupy Jubilee House protest disruptions. Okay. Right? Back up, Voma was also on the front page of the paper. Mm. Baumia suspends campaign for EC registration exercise. The Republic Press says this morning, Alan to resign, and Alan is looking into space here on the front page. Also, a Greek minister denounces false uh, claims. To resign from what? Well, that's what they, maybe, maybe the MP. Ah, oh, okay, because he doesn't have any position. Mm. Yeah. Ah, okay. Now, a Greek minister denounces false claims regarding road construction mm. and redeem your funding pledges, energy minister to developed countries. Okay, moving on to the citynewsroom.com. A few more. Okay. Have you done the anchor? Yeah, no, no, no. So let's let me do just the do uh, the anchor and the Ghanaian publisher quickly. Okay. Uh, the uh, Ghanaian publisher says, Vomawo sweats over bribe lie. Lies in quotes. Mm. Also, a Greek minister refused farmers' claim. If you go to the anchor newspaper, national security minister dares fix the country convener to release one million dollar attempted bribe mm. audio recording mm -hmm. and then something on the attacha committee says attacha advocates partnerships says we can't rely on governments to reap full benefits all right let me take you on a few more headlines there was no concrete basis for three-day demo mpp youth wing on occupy Jubilee house demo uh says i'm not the third richest person in Ghana. that story seems to be trending as well and then Ofanko, three-story building under construction collapses. And then Brian Champon denies wicked allegations of destroying farms in Kweu. Meanwhile, Tim Mensabos is describing Ochema Baji's death as painful. Citybusinessnews.com, two stories here which are somewhat contradictory. So Ghana's total exports declined by 9%. But we record over $200 million trade surplus in two months. So we need to compare those notes. City depreciates against the dollar by 22.5%. And then excise tax amendment shows positive signs, rakes in 140 million CDs. If you go to my journal, a couple of stories there for you. Uh, Ghana Water Company announces interruption in water supply from pond treatment plant. Mm. Um, I'm here for Ghanaians, not MPP and this is Stone Boy on Occupy Jolobi House demo. And then here's an interesting one. Banchiampesi reduces risk of colon cancer. Oh. You know Agbeliko? <laughs> yeah, it reduces risk. <laughs> Of colon cancer, GNS leader. Uh, it's a research. They say banjampesi is good for your stomach. Mm. President Kufuado yeah. is speaking at the Over UN International Committee must support Africa <laughs> and uh, efforts to resolve Africa's conflicts. Akufuado, GNS front page. Also, 
GDA condemns reported maltreatment of journalists during Thursday's demonstration. Mm. And then Professor Jay says, winner takes all provision of constitution must be reviewed. I'm just giving you a few more headlines. There's a very strange headline on the BBC's Africa page. What's that? Zambia's ex-president has been banned from political jogging. I checked this on the Lusaka Times. And they're basically saying the police in Zambia is warning against political activism during former president Lungu's jogging. You know this thing we've been doing, keep fit. Uh, they yeah. say they shouldn't do politics. They should jog, but don't keep fit. <laughs> no <laughs> politics with it. Charlie, it's a very serious situation. So it's not just Ghana. France that. says they will withdraw from mm. Niger. So this is Bloomberg Africa. Macron in reversal says French soldiers will leave Niger. That's and true. quite a number of stories on Niger mm. this morning as well. Okay, so let's take off this morning. There's a big press conference we expect to happen uh, mm -hmm. later today. Alan Kojo Chemanting would announce details of his political future. Mm. You know, he has told us that he will not be part of the 4th November MPP mm -hmm. primaries uh, because of some concerns he's raised. Now, mm -hmm. the Republic Press is saying this morning that Alan Chemanting, a prominent figure in Ghanaian politics and the former minister responsible for trade and industry, is reportedly considering resigning from the new patriotic party for the second time in his career. Now, this potential move comes in the wake of his disappointing third place finish in the MPP Superdelegates Conference where he withdrew from the race ahead of the main election in November. Well, uh, later this uh, afternoon, we expect him to speak at the Mervyn Peak mm -hmm. Ambassador Hotel and we'll hear exactly the details of what he intends to do. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go to the Daily Guide, though, we are told that no camping of delegates MPP mm. wants uh, as parents. And that story uh, basically says that uh, it's by N.S. Kofi Edu. And mm. it says the Presidential Election Committee of the New Patriotic Party has issued guidelines for the November 4, 2023 primaries uh, which they which say which they say mm -hmm. shall be no uh, no, I don't know. They are, there's an issue. Which say they are, Ah, it doesn't make sense. There Basically, shall be no campaign, be no, uh, campaign as the registration delegate. goes uh -huh. on. No and then they also say that the guidelines also uh, noted that uh, accreditation will be uh, constituency specific mm -hmm. and that voters are expected to walk in freely by themselves mm -hmm. except physically challenge a person who may be. So this is camping of delegates exactly. ahead of the vote. There's also one that says Bamiya suspended his campaign. Yeah, yeah ahead have, of, because uh, of the... That story is on page three mm -hmm. of the custodian newspaper says that the vice president uh, a presidential aspirant for the New Patriotic Party has announced the suspension of his ongoing nationwide campaign tour for the NPP presidential primaries. He will use the campaign break to visit selected EC registration centers to encourage party faithful to focus mm. on mobilizing eligible persons to register for their voter ID card. So, mm. that's a statement from Gideon Boakon. Mm. Also, the page two of the same paper says uh, police apologizes for occupied Jubilee House protest disruptions. Uh, the Ghana police on Sunday apologized for the inconveniences experienced by the public during the three-day Occupy Jubilee House protest organized by the Democracy Hub Group in Accra. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, the police would like to apologize to members of the police who were inconvenienced in one way or the other, especially those who were caught up in the vehicular holdups during the demonstration, a statement issued by the police right. on Sunday. Now, let's deal with this demonstration and national security's response to Oliver Bakavama. That's in a number of pages. Yeah, if you go to the Anchor newspaper, they have that story. Mm -hmm. And then also, page three of the uh, Ghanaian publisher also has that story. So let me take you to the a Ghanaian publisher's version of the story says mm -hmm. that Vomawo uh, sweats over bribe lie 
And the story says convener of the activist group Fix the Country, uh, Oliver Baka Vomawa, is facing mounting scrutiny over his allegation of bribery and threats from some officials of the government. Now, as the nation awaits concrete evidence of the allegations, the saga continues to unfold with questions surrounding the credibility of his claims. Now, Vomawa made um, bold claims of a clandestine meeting, bribery offers, and ominous threats from uh, prominent figures of government, including Honorable Albert Kandapa and Honorable Ken Oforiata, the Ministers for National Security and Finance. However, as the narrative unfolds, questions surrounding the credibility of these allegations have started to emerge, demanding clarity and evidence. And you know that last week, the National Security uh, Ministry issued a statement denying yeah. that they had held a meeting for yeah. purposes of bribing him with $1 million or offering him yeah. uh, positions in government and all, all that. All right, talking of denials, Dr. Kwame Adukufo says he is not the third richest man in Ghana. And this story, we don't know where it came from, but the story is on City News. Dr. Kwame Adukufo, a stalwart of the MPP, former defense minister, has demanded denied claims of being the third richest individual in Ghana. An anonymous individual on TikTok alleged that Dr. Dukufo has a net worth of $1.2 billion, making him the third richest person in Ghana. Responding <laughs> to this allegation, a statement with Dukufo's legal rep, Zoe Achia and Co., yeah. uh, described the allegations as vain, calculated to dent the hard and integrity of Dr. Kufo. We have the firm and unqualified instruction of our client to state in no uncertain terms mm-hmm. that he has no such levels of money and will exact the strictest proof of this vain allegation from the individual who is conveniently enjoying anonymity. <laughs> they are not happy. His lawyers maintain that the former board chairman of SNIT acquired his money through legitimate means. So mm-hmm. the letter is published on the website. And, uh, I'll take you to page 9 of the Ghanaian chron- of, uh, the chron- Chronicle. Oh. Yeah. And GRA denies undue harassment of traders, importers, as alleged mm-hmm. by Guta and TAGG. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ghana Revenue Authority has stated that it employs various compliance and enforcement measures, such as visits to registered businesses and closing of shops due to failure of importers and traders to pay tax, among others. This was in reaction to uh, narratives being peddled in the media space by members of the Ghana Union of Traders Association and Traders Advocacy Group uh, Ghana, TAG. Uh, who have in recent times been complaining about the frequency of arrest of the accused by customs mm-hmm. monitoring task force, eventually leading to payment of heavy penalties by traders. They have also raised allegations of harassment and extortion mm-hmm. on the part of the customs. Task so there's force. a meeting <coughs> Tuesday to mm-hmm. resolve this matter, and we'll be following it. Yes, but my my, my my small concern with um, the story as written by Jennifer Amboli mm-hmm. is um, the writer says. Guta and tax assessing is false. How does the writer know, know this? this? Because exactly. the meeting that's going to resolve the matter. So, so how does the writer uh, then Jennifer Ambuli, and then conclude how, that the, the, the how you have reached the conclusion that the narrative is false? All right, style. Let's stay with you. Okay, let's stay within the area of trade because there's a story on the front page of the Herald newspaper. The details of which are contained on page two. Mm. Government dishing out 300 million Ghana cities to Magdan Salt business. The paper mm. claims now the Herald has picked up reports of a suspicious 300 million. Ghana City transaction between the Minerals uh, Income Investment Fund, MIIF, mm. and Electrochem, the company that is running the Ada Songo Salt Project under a 15-year lease. Now, the MIIF, set up by Act 978 of 2018, is said to be busy in negotiations with the owner of Electrochem, Daniel Macaulay, who doubles as the chief executive officer of the Magdan Group of Companies, towards owning 6, 6% stake 
in the privately owned salt project. Now, insiders are not happy with the negotiations, insisting that the state is being shortchanged by the parties. You can get mm -hmm. a copy right. of the newspaper. Let me give you some economic news. Okay. City depreciates against the dollar by 22.5%. Bank of Ghana aspect the depreciation of the cities to the dollar at 22.5%. As of September this year, one will now need 11.07 CDs to exchange a dollar on the interbank market. Oh. In the central bank's latest summary of economic and financial data, September 2023, <coughs> the city has also depreciated against the British pound by 24.9% and 22.8% against the euro. Comparing the performance of the city to the dollar from January to this month, it has marginally depreciated from 20.6 to 22.5. Mm. Then in other stories, Ghana records over $200 million trade surplus in two months. Mm. That's from the from the same document. And that it says that Ghana's trade balance grew by 13% from 1.78 billion recorded in July this year. Mm. But we had a decline in exports by 9% yeah. as well. So those, 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 those two seem contradictory. Okay, let me stay in that particular space because there's a story that says supply crunch puts cocoa producers in driving seat. Mm -hmm. That story is on page two of the Financial Times and mm -hmm. it says that uh, cocoa producers have emerged as the driving force behind cocoa market premiums as they continue to reap the benefits of a supply crunch according to the latest international cocoa organization cocoa market report released this particular month. Mm -hmm. Now again if you stay with that newspaper there's a story on page three that says financial stocks rebound with 12% gain mm -hmm. and that story says that there appears to be a potential turnaround in listed financial stocks as the GSE FS FSI uh, that tracks uh, their performance has registered an 11.89% gain over the four weeks leading hmm. to close of um, last Friday, September 2022-2023 trading. Let right. me give you two quick stories from the publisher. Mm. Uh, they announced the passing of the uh, Honorable Daniel Ochem Abuaje from the Member of Parliament uh, for Bantama, and mm. um, there's a very nice write-up on him. And also on the same page, mm. that's her story. A security man has died mm. when a medical oxygen cylinder exploded oh, wow. in the Eastern Regional Hospital in Kofodia. Mm. According to eyewitnesses, the security man whose name was given as Omasta was helping to offload medical oxygen cylinders when the 10.0 cubic meter chamber exploded. He sustained head injuries and was rushed to the intensive care unit of the hospital where he was placed in a later but passed on later. Mm -hmm. Still on death, the deputy station coordinator of Radio Ada Noah Nadame, who was on trial for allegedly publishing false news by uh, Magdan, is dead. 49-year-old passed away at his home. The cause of his death is not yet known, mm -hmm. but according to close family sources, he had been struggling with poor health since he was released from police custody in April 2023. Mm. He left behind three children and two grandchildren. Really, really sad story. Now, I wanted yeah. to give you... We say all the people who departed, uh, may their souls rest in. Yeah, a public service announcement. Ghana Water Company is interrupting water supply it's from the pond treatment plant. Mm. So areas to be affected include Bechile, Afienya, Zenu, Prampram, Matahiko, Katamansu, Dowenya, Sakumono, Bachona, Klagon, Tema Township, Ajekoju, Boteman, Santo, and surrounding areas mm. and then i'll end with <clears throat> this one edunyame foundation is that the name sounds empowers familiar. young girls artisanal cluster of schools the edunyame foundation mm. led by frema edunyame mm. made a significant impact on the lives of young girls at the artisanal cluster of schools Aye. through Aye. the akatesia project on thursday september 14 2023 
The initiative aimed at empowering over 200,000 young girls brought together 160 students aged between 11 and 17 for a workshop on crucial topics such as reproductive health, child labor, and career development. These topics are considered fundamental for the holistic development of young individuals, and the Dujami Foundation's commitment to empowering young girls through education and awareness is evident in the Akitesia project. Akitesia. Nobody's not a good song for the project. In fact, we are using the project. To 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 advise girls against people who sing so. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. It's a minute to seven. City Business News next, brought to you by MTN. Imagine getting rewarded for doing something you already love doing every single day. Well, download the MTN Momo app on the Play Store, or the App Store, and use Momo Pay for your day-to-day transactions to a merchant, either through the QR code or the merchant ID. You could win a thousand cities every week other merchants are not left out receive payment and win keep using your momo pay on the momo app and get rewarded visit our website for more information terms and conditions apply the news is also brought to us by goyle yeah yeah dear goyle good energy the city breakfast show rise above the noise this is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Vivian Carlos joining us with the City Business News. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. Coming up, government set to meet the mission staff of the International Monetary Fund for first review of its $3 billion loan facility from the institution. Also, Ghana records a 9% points drop in its total export earnings. We'll bring you details of that story. Let's start with the IMF because it is set to meet the mission staff government, that is this, for the first review of its $3 billion loan facility with the Britain Woods Institution. Now, the visiting team is expected to begin the assessment from today through to early October to evaluate progress made about the first release of the bailout package. Finance Minister Ken Oforiata has expressed confidence that Ghana will reach a successful agreement with the IMF to strengthen its negotiating position for the first disbursement. This major assessment by the IMF team will be on the implementation of Ghana's post-COVID-19 economic recovery program under the $3 billion bailout. Key will be structural targets on revenue mobilization, expenditure cuts, and the progress made regarding the domestic debt exchange program. The review the Bank of Ghana, for example, has said will be successful because it has been able to achieve some of the monetary benchmarks, painting a positive economic outlook. Government has also said it is on track to receive the next tranche of the IMF cash to aid in its balance of payment for 2023 and 2024. Aside from this, the government remains hopeful of concluding talks with the Paris Club and other bilateral creditors by the end of the year. Ghana received its first tranche of the three-year extended credit facility in May. It was 600 million US dollars. The second will also be 600 million US dollars. The IMF team, after the assessment, will present its report to the board for a decision to be made on Ghana's status. Until then, the government and the central bank will continue upholding fiscal and monetary policy mandates to sustain the economy.
City Business News is Ni Lati Lati with that City Business News Dex report. Meanwhile, economists, financial analysts, and industry watchers are united in confidence that Ghana will creditably pass this assessment for the next tranche to restore macroeconomic stability. Professor of Finance at the University of Ghana Business School, Lord Mensah, is one of them. You know, I always say that the first time that came in was more or less a rescue kind of branch. Um, the economy was really, you know, going down. And as a result of that, um, the IMF softened its stance, you know, in terms of the requirement to meet, you know, the trans relief. And so going into the next one, I believe they're going to be you know, a, bit, uh, a bit strict. Looking at um, the, the, the our engagement with external creditors. And I hope by this time we've, we've done, you know, a deeper engagement with them to the extent that um, it will bring a satisfaction to the IMF to remove the second class. Professor Lord Mensah is an economist and a lecturer of finance at the University of Ghana Business School. Meanwhile, Professor Peter Quarte, who is the director of the Institute of Statistical, Social and Economic Research, wants government to address structural issues within the economy. He contends that without tackling key issues, external solutions like the IMF assistance and debt exchange initiatives will fall short of resolving Ghana's economic troubles. The structural rigidities within the economy has to be addressed. The fact that we are not producing enough, the fact that we are over-dependent on import, the fact that our, we don't add much value to agriculture, we are not getting enough revenue domestically. Many people are working, any income, but are not paying taxes, and the few who are paid are overburdened, they are harassed. If we don't address these problems, as well as address our wasteful spending. We are spending more than necessary. There's no value for money spending in some cases. A lot of leakages in our system. Until we are able to streamline all of this, um, debt exchange will not solve our problem. IMF is a temporary solution, will not solve our problems. Professor Peter Quarte is the director of the Institute of Statistical, Social and Economic Research, ISA. Now, Ghana has recorded a 9 percentage points drop in its total export earnings. As of August this year, total exports stood at $10.76 billion. It is, however, lower than the $11.81 billion recorded in August last year. We have more on this report. Although Ghana maintained a trade surplus in the year under review, total exports declined by about $1 billion, accounting for the 9% fall. The trade surplus stood at $2.06 billion compared to the $1.56 billion posted in August last year. Gold retained its dominance as the most significant contributor to the country's total export. It was the only item in the export basket that saw an increase. It improved to $4.67 billion from $4.22 billion. All the remaining components declined. Cocoa exports reduced marginally from $1.61 billion to $1.6 billion. Oil exports dropped significantly from $3.82 billion to $2.65 billion. 
other exports fell slightly from $2.16 billion to $2.11 billion in terms of the contribution of the trade surplus to gross domestic products. It was, however, an improvement. The trade balance to GDP was 2.6% higher than the 2.1% in 2022. However, the country's import saw a decrease from $10.25 billion to $8.74 billion. Both oil and non-oil imports fell, leading to this positive trade balance. Nilati Lati filed that report. Let's find out how the city is performing this morning. Let's go to the Interbank Foreign Exchange Market, where banks trade among themselves. The dollar remained unchanged. It stayed at 11 cities. The British pound lost 17 pesos, still in and is selling at 13 cities, 58 pesos. The euro lost 9 pesos, selling at 11 cities, 80 pesos. At some forex bureaus in the capital, the dollar could be sold to you at 11 cities, 65 pesos, and the British pound at 14 cities, 50 pesos, while the euro at 12 cities, 30 pesos. Now, there are increasing calls for the government to review some of its taxes. High taxation has been identified as one of the factors responsible for the low tax compliance levels in the country. The business community has repeatedly complained about the burdensome taxes being slapped on them, insisting that it was making them extremely uncompetitive in the sub-region. The government is losing a substantial amount of revenue due to businesses failing to meet their tax obligations. Now, tax analyst Francis Timor Boy says a review of taxes will not only benefit businesses, but it will also help the government to meet its revenue targets. You see, any time importers are bringing goods into the country, um, there's that complaint that Ghana's taxes are too many. And so if you speak to some of the clearing agents and those importers, you go to the report and they say it's empty. Recently, we saw some communique out which indicated that goods are not coming or the volume of transactions at the report has, has dwindled. So where the taxes are too many, people will always find a way out to, to dodge the taxes. And I think that these are some of the reasons why uh, uh, there are calls that we need to review some of the tax lines that we have. You import one container and then you pay so much. Sometimes you pay more than how much you bought the item. So clearly, a higher tax, which does not, you know, put the businessmen in, in a very comfortable situation, they will find ways out. And I believe that that is what is heightening the, the customs operations, their, their fear, and therefore they are going to do more policing. You, it's possible that because of the the, the high taxes that we see at, at the port. Tax analyst Francis de Boy. Now, this Saturday, all roads lead to the Eden Heights Sports Complex wager for the 2023 edition of the City Business Olympics. Today, in our episode, to build up to the biggest corporate sport event, we relive the moment and tell you who won what at last year's Olympics. GCB Bank won big in 2022. The bank swept 12 trophies after beating a lot of the participating companies. Yes, 12. GCB topped sack race for women, table tennis for men and women, tag of war for men and volleyball for women. The bank came second in lime and spoon, volleyball for men, arm wrestling for men and tennis for men and women. It also won two bronze medals in the tag of war men and sack race men sporting disciplines. That was the third consecutive time. 
GCB was emerging as the overall winner of the City Business Olympics. The company won the bragging rights in 2018 and 2019. In 2017, they were joint winners with Nexus Ghana as both companies won equal trophies. But who were the winners of the other disciplines last year? Radiance Petroleum won the men's swimming. That of the women's swimming went to AFS. Ghana Shippers Authority came tops with men sacres and scrabble. Ghana Export and Sync Consult won lime and spoon for men and women respectively. Draft went to Enterprise Life. For chairs, Transmed took the first position. For Macedor were champions in arm wrestling men. Alisa Hotel placed first in both arm wrestling women and volleyball men. Margins won tag of war women. Other wins included lawn tennis men, Gassem lawn tennis women, Papaya and basketball men NHIA. We are minerals were winners of video games and of course that big one the CEO's challenge. But is GCB Bank poised to retain the title as defending champions? Well, only time will tell. We find out on Saturday, September 31, the City Business Olympics kicks off at the Eden High Sports Complex in Wager. Until then, call 0205-973-973 or 0558-973 for details of how to register your company. The 2023 City Business Olympics is powered by City TV and supported by City FM. It is proudly sponsored by Lozati Lozenges from Unicom Chemist, EK Brand Consult, Blue Jeans, Energy Drink, Hollard Insurance and Voltic. Faniogo and Universal Motors are also sponsors of this year's City Business Olympics. Let's now join Mark Jordan Sikanati of Data Bank for the latest on the Ghana Stock Exchange. Investors extended a vibrant trading activity to the best last week, with the GSE Composite Index advancing 0.3% week on week to 3,168.24 points, with a year-to-date return of 29.64%, while the Data Bank Stock Index increased 0.38% week-on-week to 127.77 points, with a year-to-date return of 21.32%. With three price movers, Ecobank Ghana recorded a 7% gain to sell at 4 CDs 10 pesos. Fanmoke advanced to 3 CDs 2 pesos, while GCB Bank declined to 3 CDs 50 pesos. Looking forward this week, we tip the share price of Ecobank Ghana to gain due to growing demand for the stock. Mark Jordan, Sikanati of Data Bank. That's it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, brought to you by MTN Coil and powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Vivian Kai Loco. Do have a good business day. Yes, in some points, Momo pay or you say Momo up. Send with ease and win vague. You be mad, Tanto, or you be Momo user. Momo season, I buy tea, send it via. Send it via. Momo season, I buy tea, send it via. From now till the end of September, end points when you download the Momo app and make Momo Pay transactions to a merchant via either the QR code or merchant ID and stand the chance of winning a thousand Ghana CDs weekly and other amazing prizes. Our merchants are not left out. Receive payment and win. There are lots and lots of exciting prizes to be won. So download the Momo app, transact with Momo Pay, and get rewarded this Momo season. TNCs apply. MTN. 
Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. The power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Oh my God. I'm going say, I know. I know. You do me bad, then you know. You know what, what, what. Miss you for my pillow. Tears we soak my pillow. Oh, what, 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 what. Oh, wait, did I do you? Call up our seven city breakfast show kickoff next brought to you by Lesheho. In partnership with Petra, we have some great news for all tier three pension scheme members. Mm-hmm. If you need a loan for immediate expense like school fees, rent, project completion, or any urgent financial need, or your dream of taking a vacation, renovating your home, etc., mm-hmm. safeguard your investment by taking a pension back loan at a low interest rate of just 1.8%. With a convenient application process and flexible terms of payment, you're on your way to achieving your dreams. Call 0577-699-923 and learn more about Easy Loan or visit PetraOnline.com for more information. Remember, it's not just a loan, it's your dream and your future. Yeah. And if you're a car owner, there's only one sound you fall in love with every time. The sound of a healthy engine. Vroom. That's why Shell fuels with Dynaflex technology are designed to keep your car engine clean and protected for efficient running and a healthy engine that sounds music to your ears. From the timeless classics to the sleek new models and from the heavy-duty trucks to the simple or nimble compacts, one thing's for sure, every car loves Shell. Visit your favorite Shell station today and get Shell fuels because every car loves Shell. Evans Ofuchumanso here with City Sports. Good morning. Good morning, El Bernardo, and many thanks for joining me for kickoff here on City FM. In the headlines, Accra Hearts of Oak beat in Swatraman FC in the Best Power Premier League as Asante Kotoko lost at Gold Stars in a very contrasting weekend for Ghana's two biggest clubs. We'll get into all the results from the Ghana Premier League over the weekend. Also, Bukayo Saka and Song Hyun Ming starred as Arsenal and Tottenham could not be separated in a very pulsating topsy turvy not landing derby ending 2 2. Jorginho has lost the ball to Madison, who's got Song for company, and Song makes it 2 2 in an North London derby that has exploded sensationally to life. 
All this and also the latest from our city business Olympic series. There's only one place to be on 30th September. I will tell you more on this bulletin of kickoff here with me, Evan Sofuchu Manso. All right, let's get into the stories this morning. And we start off from the uh, Ghana Premier League match week two, where head coach of Accra Heart of Folk, Martin Koopman, has expressed his delight following what he described as a deserved 1-0 win over in Swatraman FC in the Best Power Premier League. Rasmus Kashala scored the debut goal, his debut goal actually for the Phobians to end their first three points of the season at Crossball Stadium. And here's Martin Koopman after the match. If you win, it's also a good feeling, always. But uh, I think uh, we deserve it. Uh, the whole week, uh, we had a heavy week because everybody was disappointed. And, uh, of course, we worked very hard. And I think this young team deserved uh, the first uh, winning game. Uh, the pre-season was very good, but it's not uh, a guarantee uh, for follow the competition. So I think all together, uh, yeah, we deserve the three points. So I'm very yeah. happy. All right, so that's the head coach for Krahas Folk, Martin Koopman there. And uh, for Swatraman, the match ended the uh, um, unbeaten run so far in the league after match with two. They ended the game with 10 men after a red card to Philip Ufori and head coach for the Swatra base side. That's a Maxwell Konedu. Shared this assessment having been beaten for the first time this season. It was a good game, very uh, difficult, uh, difficult one, of course, uh, because we had a, a red card in the early minutes that made the game extremely difficult for us. But uh, we managed to end the first half. We brought in fresh legs to come and you know augment the squad, but uh, we couldn't equalize before the end of the game. But in general, I say it was a good game, especially for Hearts of Folk. Uh, they won, and uh, you can't take anything away from them. They deserve to win today. Uh, so uh, next time we'll make sure that we remain disciplined on the pitch. All right, head coach for Swatraman FC, Maxwell Konedu speaking there. Still on the Ghana Premier League, head coach for Asante Kotoko, Dr. Prosper Nate Ogum says his team will have to hold their heads up high despite suffering their first loss of the season. The Porcupines lost 2-1 at BNE Gold Stars in match week 2 of the season. Yeah, I think um, uh, we played well. We created a few chances. Um, in the first half, I think they looked stronger, tougher, and harder on us. But then when we came in the second half, I think we looked more settled. We were able to connect our passes. And then the few changes that we, we also did brought some stability into the game, especially up front. And that made us to um, create some few chances. So to me, I mean, we've lost, but I'm impressed about the performance. All right, head coach for Asante Kotoko, Dr. Prosper Nate. Ogum speaking there. Other results in the Ghana Premier League Week 2, Indiana Stars defeated defending champions Media Mass Sporting Club by two goals to nil. Beche United won Dreams FC nil. And also Hearts of Lions drew goalless with a Great Olympics at the Wafa Park in Sogakope. Carolina United, having found their new home at the Aliu Mahama Stadium in Tamale, defeated Brekum Chelsea by three goals to one. Nations FC 2, Samatex nil. So good win there for the promoted side, Nations FC. But for Quartano, uh, they defeated Rotterdam United by two goals to one. So RTU loses on that occasion. And later today, there's a Crow Lions up against Legon City. So watch out for Monday football in the Ghana Premier League. Let's do women's football next. And the Black Queens are expected to hold their final training session today out of tomorrow's Women's Africa Cup of Nations qualifier against Rwanda. 
Now, Ghana lead the first leg 7-0. Yes, 7-0 heading into the return leg at the Craspol Stadium. And the winner of the tie faces Namibia, who have eliminated the Gambia. Now, let's talk about the English Premier League. Well, Buk- Bukayo Saka and uh, also Son Hyun-min starred in the North London derby, which ended 2-2. Uh, very interesting game at the Emirates Stadium there. And uh, let's get reactions from the manager starting with Arsenal boss Mikel Arteta. He's insisting that his team felt like they've lost two points and winning one. Yeah, we feel like uh, yeah, we lost two points. Um, it's true that there was uh, quite a lot of interchanging in, in dominance in the game, but especially when we had more control and more dominance in the game, scored the goal, they scored straight away, you know. And um, obviously with one of the huge chance that we had with Gabi, um, big moments for us. To do that, we still come back in the game, we started quite... Arsenal boss Mikel Arteta speaking there, and he has also confirmed that Declan Rice suffered a back injury in that game. Now, Ange Postkoglu is manager for Tottenham Hotspur, and he says this is evidence that his side have had a good start under his tenure. Yeah, I thought, um, yeah, performance-wise, um, you know, we had to show a bit of uh, everything that we've got. Um, yeah, they're a good team. They're a top team. And, you know, we had to defend at times, but I thought... We showed real courage and bravery just to keep playing our football. You know, we, we, we certainly, uh, you know, pressed aggressively. And, uh, you know, I thought it would be unfortunate with both of the goals and then goal on the penalty. But, uh, again, great character to come from behind in a difficult place uh, twice. Um, yeah, that's four home ga- away games we've had at difficult venues. We've gone behind, I think, in three of them. And, uh, again, a great response. As you said, um, they're a top team, and particularly here at home. We know how hard they are. So that's the manager for Tottenham Hotspur, Ange Postkoglu, speaking there. And now for Chelsea, well, it's a very interesting one. They lost 1-0 to Aston Villa, and this condemned them to their worst top flight start in 45 years. Here's Mauricio Pochettino, Chelsea manager. Yes, of course. Uh, I'm seeing the, the, the team trying, trying. We create many chances, even with 10 men. But yes, uh, because uh, we are not right in our last decision, last moment. And we are not going in front of the world. That is why we are in the situation that we are. But Chelsea manager, that's uh, Mauricio Pochettino speaking there. Liverpool maintained the unbeaten start. They're beating West Ham 3-1 at Anfield. And yes, Jürgen Klopp uh, praising his players after the match. Look, they are super players. They are. They all are. Um, but uh, when you start off extremely well, sometimes players have then a, a bad day in the office and uh, I thought that Maka lost in the beginning a ball here and there and, and Norm maybe as well and, and, and the, the reaction is just exceptional. They, they not only stayed in the game, they, they made a real top performance of it and um, I like that a lot and so um, yes, Ryan came on obviously really helpful, I think everybody could see that immediately. Um, yeah, Lucio and, and Darwin after 90 minutes on, on Thursday, putting that performance on the pitch, super special. And yeah, it was, it was just a, a good team performance. Liverpool manager Jürgen Klopp speaking there. Now, my United also defeated Burnley by one go to nil. Can't see that Bruno Fernandes volley uh, there. Newcastle United also defeated um, Sheffield United by eight goals to nil. Quite a record-breaking win. Man City 2, Nottingham Forest nil. Crystal Palace drew goalless with Fulham. We have uh, Brighton beating uh, Bournemouth by three goals to one, Luton one, Wolves one, and Brentford one, Everton three.
Well, away from the Premier League, which is brought to you by Shell here on City 97.3 FM, we have the latest from our City Business Olympic Series. Today, we are focusing on two disciplines. That's seven-a-side football and tag of war. Welcome to the City Business Olympic Series. Seven-a-side football is one of the popular disciplines at a sports festival, as the name suggests. It is a mini football variation that is played among seven players in each team. The game consists of one goalkeeper and six outfield players. Pitch sizes and goalposts are smaller compared to 11-sided pitches. This means tight spaces and quick decision-making. There is no offside in seven-a-side football and this can be a potential reason strikers play very close to the goalkeeper. There is no restriction on how many squad members you can bring to a seven-sided game. Substitutes are mostly Rolling, which means a player can be sapped on and off again and again on limited times. NHIA and Petra were the finalists in last year's event. Tag of War is another sports discipline at the City Business Olympics. This is an athletic contest between two teams at opposite ends of a rope, each trying to drag the other over a line in the middle of the teams. GCB is the defending men's Tag of War champion, having beaten Intraqua and Co., who came second and hollered insurance third margins are the current women's tag of war winners the city business olympics 2023 is powered by city tv with support from city fm and proudly sponsored by lozati lozenges from unicom chemist limited ek brand consult blue jeans energy drink hollard insurance voltic ghana limited fan yogo and universal motors to register your company to participate, call 0205-973-973. Again, 0205-973-973 or 0558-973-973. Again, 0558-973-973. Well, that's today's edition of the City Business Olympics Series, the 30th September, Eden Heights. You have to be there. That's the latest sports stories for you here on Kickoff. We are back 5 p.m. That's Gabby Ofeha's Sports Flash for you. And then 10 p.m. on City TV, we have the City Sports Roundup. There's more sports on citysportsonline.com. Hasta la proxima. And many thanks to Lesheru and Shell for their sponsorship. Evans of Fuchumanso here. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Seven thirty-seven on the City Breakfast Show. Oh, 
and today, 25th of September, happens to be the birthday. Actually, 23rd September, a couple of days ago, that was uh, Saturday. Yeah. Was the birthday of Walter and Wally Scott of the Whispers. Guess how old they are? Just take a wild guess. They sang this song. Yeah. So guess how old they are? Uh, they are 80. Yeah, they are 80. They were born on 23rd September 1943. Walter and Wally Scott. You know, it's nice to see identical twins grow up, grow old together. <laughs> they look very much alike. All right, now I'm going to need listeners to help me today. So usually the radio show gives you the sense of what's happening in your world, right? So we are the the conduit for you to imagine the world but today we are in a studio with no windows and it's raining a lot in accra so we want you to help us tell us what's happening where you are are you are you at home or are you driving i don't i don't encourage you to text while driving so you can send me a voice note oh did you send the kids to school or are they staying home now i'm asking this because friday's rain appeared in no cause initially after two hours Everywhere was flooded. Yes, these were flash floods, but trust me, the the level of devastation in terms of, uh, I mean, the, the places that you didn't even expect to get flooded. Right, so send me a voice note or send me a quick text. How are you coping? Are you okay? Are you fine? If you are not, we'll pass on the message to Nadmo. So as you listen to the show this morning, throughout the morning, let us hear from you. 54 so today you are the window, you are our window to the world because we are just sitting here. We don't know what's happening outside. We checked outside a few minutes ago. It looked like the rain was very serious. Later this morning, EdTech Monday comes your way again and Nathan is hosting a very exciting group. Today you have an all-female panel. Yes, what are you talking about? Panel. Today we are talking about accelerating digital literacy to benefit education in Ghana. I want to name you the EdTech avatar. <laughs> oh, oh, because it looks like this EdTech thing. What do you want, Jimbao? Go the left and right. Charlie, you have yeah. entered with your ten fingers yeah, and your ten toes. So you you started and I'm following. No, as they say, they say Paul planted, Apollo's watered. Uh-huh. <laughs> Aloski started, Obo died watered. No, he's harvesting. <laughs> so watch out for Etech Monday, brought to yes. you by the Mastercard Foundation yes. with the Meltwater Entrepreneur School of Technology, City FM. It's been on for months and look, we did a program a few weeks ago and we had learned so much. <clears throat> if you look at what's happening in the Etech space. The community is governized. Mastercard is providing funding. Mest and City are providing leadership and convening power. And this morning, Nathan has three guests. If you can give me their names. Yes, Amasaki of ALX Ghana. And then we have Adra Fosua Owusu Fori, who okay. is with the Women's Haven Africa. Wonderful. And Winnie Jidonu, who is with MTN Ghana. Yeah, okay. So a powerful panel of very, very great women who okay. know their tech. Don't stop also, on Saturday the 30th, all roads lead to the city business olympics um all routes lead to the city business olympics and we want to urge the companies we have six days to confirm your registration now if you're a staff of these companies i want you to walk to your accountant's office and say hey, accountant if you don't pay the registration money we'll miss out so our accountant is called nana <laughs> what's his name Nana uh-huh. aka Onana. So walk to his office and say, Bro, <laughs> if you don't register the thing well and they cancel their thing, you'll be in trouble. Because so many companies are coming. 
and it's also a chance to bond as a team it's to compete together work together play together win together lose together so make sure you register and confirm your registration by making the payment you've already registered it means you have the phone number already today is the 25th the business olympics is on saturday can't wait to see you guys there companies like eat transact papaya fast food hot jobs ghana cherry field mds lancet mtn quick sms ghana stambic bank sandvik mining oh my god gepa dbs industries wrecked school royal Ghana Post, Kina Pharma, Transmed. So many great companies coming. Alisa Hotel. We want to see you there representing your company in your jersey and your tight shorts. Your tight shorts. <laughs> tight shorts, Charlie. Tight shorts. And if whether your CEO is a man or a woman, the CEO's challenge is very exciting because there's, a, there's something we call. Wansa, Wansa, Wansa. So you just hit the short ones. If you, you if you score, you score. yeah, that's all. We call it Wansa. <laughs> yes. So please make sure your CEO is prepared. Train him. Don't let him and disgrace himself. Go to his office and give him football. Give him more sports. Let him be playing. You know. Oh yes, 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 indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> So we'll see you on Saturday and hope to get you involved in all the various sports in a very exciting way. So the companies I mentioned have registered, they've paid, they are coming. We are definitely going to see them. If you haven't heard your company's name, it means that you probably have not paid. So make sure you pay so that you can come. So let's hear from you on what's happening. Now, the, this this morning, I'm going to do a couple of things. I'm going to uh, focus on the weekend. It was a very eventful weekend. So Thursday was the beginning of the three-day demonstration organized by the Democracy Hub. Then Friday, there was the day two of the protest or the walk or the march. And then there was a massive rain. That stole the headlines because various parts of the capital city, for the first time in a long time, had floodwaters. And indeed, the city team had uh, videos from Obechebilamte Circle, Tema Motorway Interchange, uh, Belakwa area after Tema. It was scary. Kasua, portions of East Legon, Adringano. Pokwase. Pokwase. As for Nathan's areas, I can't even mention your former places. <laughs> so too. Those places. Oh, oh, Santa Maria, they are here. It was it was nasty. It was serious. So, and the, the question we have is, was it the intensity of the rain or was it the suddenness of it? Or was it that um, our lack of drainage and poor planning had come to haunt us? So, so those are the, the things I will be looking at this morning. 
So send us your voice notes on the rain, the effect it had on you. I got one this morning that I read already. Kasoa. The national security went to the toll booth area to try and scoop up the, the, the silt. Some people are saying to me that the most important thing that needs to be done is that a massive retaining wall needs to be built near the road so that the silt that comes down from the hill will then be blocked by the retaining wall. That's one solution. Another solution is that eventually those who live on the hill may have to move. So I don't know what they'll do to the hill, but th that's another solution that's come up. All right, so I'm going to give you those two highlights shortly. Three-day protests and two-hour rain. But as we speak, it's still raining in parts of Accra. The Meteo Agency is forecasting more rains for the next few days. And uh, we are urging commuters to be to exercise the utmost caution. And if you are in the rain or you have been affected by the rain, get in touch with us. We'll be talking to Nadmo this morning as well on what plans they have to ensure that people are safe. But if you haven't paid your water bills yet, the Ghana Water Company's app helps you do that quicker. It can help you report acts. You can report illegal connections, best pipes and leakages. You can check your account balance and also pay your bills on time. Download the app from the Play Store or the App Store and get your water supply going. Now, talking about uh, sanitation, Zoom Lion has changed the way we collect refuse simply with star 857 hash. Just dial the number to request the bin from Zoom Lion to pay your monthly bill or call 0501-518-410 or DM us on social media to find out how much you have to pay. Pay six months subscription in advance and get one month free service. Spread the word Zoom Lion has really changed the baller style. Now, sometimes buying car insurance isn't the problem. The problem comes when you forget to renew it and get into trouble with the police or get into an accident. So, presenting instant car insurance from Haptel. Oh, yes. Get your instant car insurance ticker anytime with no ahala. No long things. Just install the Haptel app for starters. Enter your car number for your instant insurance ticker and then set a reminder for your next renewal date. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So you can either download the Haptel app or go to haptel.com forward slash app to install the app now and set a reminder to renew your car insurance today. Haptel is everything you. And intake education is now part of IDP. If you're planning to study abroad and you're wondering how to go about the processes, you must attend the IDP Study World Expo hosting over 55 top UK and Ireland universities here in Accra on the 9th of October at Kempinski Hotel and in Kumasi on the 11th of October at Lancaster Hotel from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. respectively. This event is made for students, employees, and parents who seek to study at the best universities abroad. Call or WhatsApp 059-6081-424. Register now. It's free. The future is you, and it's much better, brighter, and stronger. In the meantime, today, the 25th of September, yes, so I want to has say, some birthdays. Yes, so this one, uh, I just to do this when you're doing your related one. Okay. So this one is to Father Evans Sena Halolo, mm -hmm. who is the chaplain of Catholic students in Achimota School. Okay. Um, uh -huh. His birthday uh, was <coughs> yesterday. 
um, I would also send uh, say happy 50th birthday mm-hmm. uh, to this. Well, let me read the message as it came. Yeah. Before I get into it, it says happy 50th birthday to Irene Abna Ousua Boabing okay. of SG Call Center at Kokumlimle in mm-hmm. Accra. Mm-hmm. Your presence brightens every day, and I'm so grateful to share this special day with you. May this year bring you endless joy, love, and beautiful moments. Here's to many more wonderful years together. Happy birthday, Irene Ousua Boabing from Michael Boabing from ECG Volta. Happy birthday to Elizabeth Sessinam Dukuwampa from Gersal. You are 35 years old today. Enjoy the day. Also, a happy birthday to Mrs. Josephine Kesi Ano. Oh, Josephine. <laughs> Working on a project with Josephine. Don't you ages. Happy birthday to you, amazing woman, with a lot of patience, trust me. And to Madam Elizabeth Intiamwa, your mother, have a fantastic birthday. So, Josephine, happy birthday to you. I'll play a nice song for you today. <laughs> and to your mother as well. What are the chances of that, sharing a birthday with your mother? You share a birthday with Wallace and Walter Scott of the Whispers. And to our sister, cousin, and friend, Nana Amwabuachi Yadom, we love you so much. We believe the Lord will send you the next miracle as you mark another birthday from the entire royal family of Achima Ebraso in Kumasi. And uh, belated happy birthday to Akosia Ado. You celebrated <coughs> your birthday over the weekend mm. and we wish you all the very best. You live inside Tessa no here. Okay. And to Afrakuma Ababiu. Mm. Afrakuma <laughs> Ababiu. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Afrakuma is such a lovely person. City traffic unit mm. yeah. amazing human being enjoy your day yeah. and um belated happy birthday to my mom oh my mom turned 66 yesterday oh. <laughs> so, okay. she's happy one year birthday. younger than ghana well, she, she was born in 57 actually okay oh so, so ghana is oh ghana is 66 okay oh. so everybody giving us a polyglot and wishing uh, a few yes, more yes nene jabba no sakite tete of angel specialist school grade 382 tema mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. happy birthday to you are eight years today message okay. is coming from akosia of the gcb tema fishing harbor branch all right happy birthday to my brother joshua popolampo who's in dakuman from okay. your brother nene mm. popolampo also of dakuman okay uh, this one says happy birthday to my friend roommate and husband dr evans Akbakli of mm. kolebu teaching hospital mm. sorry yeah, oh, go on, go that's on. it. Yeah, messages from his wife Joanna and the children Esinam and Aram. Wonderful. And happy birthday to my son Zachary Manuel of Soul Clinic International School. I like the Notes name. Notes of love from your family Joshua, from your dad, I think Joshua Akwai. I like the name Zachary. <laughs> Seven fifty-two, city breakfast show. A quick overview of the weekend. So if you if you have not been following the news, there are two big things over the weekend. The Occupied Jolobi House protest started on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Here's a quick overview of Philip Nilate. He was there for the protest that started at 37, came through with this report. This is the third day of the Democracy Hub demonstration. The protest began on Thursday, moved on to Friday, and Saturday is the final day for the protesters to register their displeasure. Uh, concerning what they say is the issue with the economy. On Thursday and Friday, uh, most of the demonstrators were clad in red and red armbands with red uh, bands on their forehead. But today being the final day, they are clad in black. This is not a joke matter. This is not uh, on the comedy level. 
Trust me, I say I love the right. And for the past years now, we don't have a hospital in La. The hospital has been broken down. Right? It has been broken down. Must I be a part of a different political party before I, I, I would be able to talk? You see, when you start talking, they will start affiliating you to other political parties, which doesn't make sense. This is something that we are just asking for. You are telling us that we should pay taxes so that you take care of the economy, right? And we as citizens, we are paying our taxes. We are doing what we have to do. You have the money. Why don't you then use the money for the right things, but you are rather embezzling it? Why are you embezzling what we are toiling for? Now you have started a taxiness. Wait, hold on. So we as creatives, we should create, we should create our own thing, then you begin to what? Taxes on it. I mean, nothing makes sense, right? For the hospital, we have just some small hospital in La right now. That's what we are using. And it doesn't work 24 hours. So at 12 a.m., they stop. So imagine you are sick at 1 a.m. You have to call your sickness and talk to your sickness that, oh, bro, I beg you, doctors then close, so you chalk. Morning time, then come, and then you come. You know what's been going on the past couple of years? Taxes are going crazy, bad roads, we all drive, we all sit in cars. Hospitals are not the best, you know. Um, utility bills are going crazy. Every couple of months, the utility bills go up. We know what's happening in the country, and we're not happy. We ask the youth, there are no jobs. You know, there's a lot of people that are jobless even after national service. There are too many issues, and I feel like the youth cannot continue to be quiet. The youth have risen up to speak, and I'm here to support because I'm part of the youth, and I'm a citizen of the country, and I see and I feel what's going on. Regardless of how you see me, whether I'm affluent, I'm a celebrity, I don't feel these things, but really the truth is that we do feel it. The most criminal, criminal type of leadership we've had in Ghana so far. These people must go to prison, every one of them, including the president. Criminal in Israel, two former presidents are in jail. No, 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 Israel. We will see, we will see. Look, when Muhammad comes and doesn't do anything, he will be overthrown. He. Is that the reason why you are uh, supporting or yes. part of the demonstration I'm, I'm an old man, yes. I'm a lawyer of a long standing, yes. But I've, I'm forced to come because I see that you young people, I don't know what's, what's your, your, your fear. You are directly affected by what is happening, eh? Yes, but you think you don't care. You see, you care very soon. Yes. So this what, is what exactly do you want changed? Because there are a number of things they are calling only, for. Right now, only a movement can change Ghana. It's not NDC. Yes, and they know it well. NDC is not too different from MPP, except that they pretend about it. They are not as rabid and fragrant as uh, uh, the, 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 the MPP. Do you think that protests like this should be done several yes, times. Yes, every day, every day that passes, groups like this will come up in the thousands, if not millions. Yes, to let the leadership know that, look, what they are doing is just a fluke, just misleading the people, raping the people on a daily basis. What we want to do is that we want to channel our grievances. They need to allow us to meet them at the presidency and submit our whatever thing we have for them. They need to hear us to speak. Things are very difficult in this country. Things are, life is hard. Inflation is high. Our debt is going up and going up. You understand? Things are not going on well with us. As I just said, the more taxes were, you know, imposed on us. How? How? Is this a change that we demanded for? Today, more protests will be coming because things are unbearable. If it's going to behave this way, then more protests will be coming. And we are not, we are not going to what? Relax. 
The country is not for anybody. We are all Ghanaians. Protesters ordinarily or what is their plan as to get to the Jubilee House? On Thursday, that was the plan. Friday, the plan was the same. But today, the Saturday, they are still not being allowed by the Ghana Police Service to get to the Jubilee House where they want to register their displeasure or make a statement. A member of the Democracy Hub, Oliver Bakker Vomawo, expressed his concerns about this particular move. I still haven't heard any media house take on the police query as to why they continue to deny us our constitutional rights to the space. This is important that the police and authority must be questioned. We continue to press them and every time we come before them we see the violence that they create by stopping us from enjoying our constitutional rights. That must also be emphasized. This is only one tool. It is only one of the options of keeping the government accountable and our state progressive. So far, we've employed petitions, lawsuits, a panoply of action that we are taking to improve our democracy. But most importantly, our objective is to build a protest culture, and we are determined to be able to build at all costs. And so we will continue to be able to press, and when there's a legitimate reason, or there is a popular demand for us to be back on the streets, I promise you we'll be back on the streets. The protesters, after being denied by the police to use the route that leads to the Jubilee House to make their statement to government, they ended up stationing themselves or staying at the 37 intersection. And this intersection is the middle point of the roads that connect to Teshi, East Legon, or Spintex, also from Jowlu, and the stretch that connects to the Jubilee House. The decision by the protesters to stay in the intersection resulted in vehicular traffic within the area, and the police had an extra job to control the gridlock that was created here. For the leadership of the Democracy Hub, this is one of the several actions they'll take to ensure that government hears their calls and the needful is done. Reporting for City News, my name is Philip Ni Latte. So that was Philip Nilate's report. Fast approaching 8 o'clock. Second social media trends coming up shortly. Brought to you by FBM Bank, sending money to the sub-region, particularly Liberia, Gambia, Nigeria have been or has been made much easier with the pan-african payment and settlement system visit any of our branches with your cash and your money is next door in no time to receive money simply open an fbn account call 059-692-1921 for more information fbm bank you first segment also brought to you by vodafone and vodafone business is thrilled to announce that the highly anticipated vb runway event is here again an SME focus forum designed to empower and equip businesses for growth. Theme for this year is uh, Good to Great with Vodafone, Innovate, Comply and Expand. Join us for insightful discussions on crucial SME topics such as access to funding, taxation and innovation. Speakers include Patricia Obonai, who is the CEO, Dr. Abdallah Andi Nachia, Andrew Aka and Charlotte Amankwa, among others. It's on Friday, September 29, 8 a.m. to 12 noon at Mevimik Ambassador Hotel to attend call 020-200-0436 or 020-200-0431 Vodafone further together. So Nathan will tell us what's trending. <laughs> several things, several things. So over the weekend, there was um, the demonstration organized by the Democracy Hub. So there are 
offshoots of 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 that so mm-hmm. for example hashtag fix the motorway mm-hmm. is trending again mm. hashtag fix the country is also mm. trending again let's not forget some time back it was also there mm-hmm. the hashtag occupy jirobi uh, house was trending through the weekend but i also noticed that there were all kinds of funny trends so some of the trends were misspelled related related trends, trends that mm. were misspelled and all so some mm. of those things are also on the trends mm-hmm. for very very interesting reasons mm. other things that are trending third october is trending why okay. is third october trending that is the date that the ndc or, um, has put together or has chosen mm-hmm. for the occupy bog demonstration okay so this is um i'm looking at sammy jv's official twitter handle right. there's an image of a flyer there mm. saying that 8 a.m october 3 mm. that demonstration is happening they are meeting mm-hmm. at the kwame Nkrumah circle interchange mm. and it's organized by so several uh, entities f- about 10 days 10 days from now so several from entities so those are some of the things um, trending on the sporting side of things i see chelsea nicholas jackson a lot of the premier league trends also because it was a heavy weekend of premier league football mm-hmm. and hearts of oak is also trending they won their first league game of the season but it's just two games that we've played that we've won one and lost one charlie, I'm, I'm up on the women. Hey, charlie. people are talking about that mm. so that's that's what's happening All on right. the tech side of things amazon mm. is in the news now they said Mm. Uh, they are they have said this morning that they will invest up to four billion dollars in cash mm. in their high profile startup anthropic in their efforts to compete with growing cloud rivals on artificial intelligence okay now amazon's employees and cloud customers will gain early access to technology with anthropic mm-hmm. as part of the deal which they can infuse into their businesses now uh, in a joint interview, the CEOs of Amazon's cloud division and Anthropic said the immediate investment would be $1.25 billion, with either party having the authority to trigger another $2.75 billion in funding mm. by Amazon. So it looks like the AI game is growing. All right. and Amazon wants to really make an impact. So they are investing about $4 billion over time just to make sure they have a strong foothold in the space. Wonderful. <laughs> This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Every day I'll be living off my destiny. Opportunity, grab it, no watch, no face, no man, I'm a referee. Everything on average, every day getting better, that's the recipe. And make the winning your habit. Every challenge I come, we have the remedy. I say no challenge I can't come. What you telling me? What you wanna know? Tell me what you wanna see. See the question you they ask as I write in front of we. We demand this pledge for the people suffering. See the good they do the church just to take the offerings. Cause of some precedent, so the bullets could they spread. Then I wonder what the bloodshed they think it's gonna bring. You're selling out your land, I'll try to them for me now. Then I wonder who your children gonna be calling to. And so I tell my people them to rise up. The plus of our national laws, we recognize that. Right now we seem to have the benefit of history. 
11 minutes past 8 the breakfast show exciting news for you and hope for a better chance of survival a cancer medical consultation in ghana hosted by Accra medical center in partnership with apollo patron cancer center india come and seek second opinions on treatment plans and possibilities with specialists from apollo hospital india and Accra medical center leading doctors from ghana and india are joining forces to offer consultation and expert advice on all things related to cancer care it's tomorrow 26 september Accra medical center ringway 10 a.m to 3 p.m contact dr saki on 024-338-2636 or call chris on 0244-317-422 apollo hospitals touching lives Accra medical center a healthier happy client and if you own a mercedes-benz silver star auto the name behind mercedes-benz in ghana for over 25 years is giving you the chance to give your Mercedes-Benz the care it deserves. Go easy on your pocket and schedule your free inspection today. Enjoy free vehicle inspection on your passenger or commercial vehicle. 15% discount on genuine spare parts at Accra, Graphic Road, Tema or Kumasi. Promo end September 30. And Fan Yogo is back. Ghana's number one tasty, refreshing, cool treat from the good old days is back. Tastes exactly as you remember it to be. Whether it's a classic strawberry or the exciting new mango passion, Fan Yogo is here to refresh and quench you on the go. Grab your Fan Yogo. It's so cool, so good. Now, the highly anticipated VB Runway event is here again. And this year, the theme is Good to Great with Vodafone. Innovate, comply, and expand. Now, come and listen to great speakers including Patricia Obonai, Dr. Lee Nachia, Andrew Aka, and Charlotte Amankwa. And it's happening on Friday, September 29, at the Melvin Peck Ambassador Hotel, 8 a.m. to 12 noon. If you want to attend, call 020-2436 or 020-2431. Vodafone, further together. Now, are you an individual or business entity looking for an easy and secure way to transfer funds across Africa? You don't have to worry anymore because the Pan-African Payment and Settlement System at any Zenith Bank branch nationwide is up and running. With PAPS, you get to enjoy real-time payments in local currencies at reduced transaction rates. So visit any Zenith Bank for your instant cross-border payments via PAPS. Think PAPS, think Zenith Bank. Zenith Bank in your best interest. Now, you wake up in the morning, you are hungry, you are thinking of the first thing to eat. Let me recommend Macberry breakfast cereal. It's a great biscuit that can be enjoyed at any time, particularly at breakfast with any beverage of your choice. It's delicious, nutritious, and affordable, and you can get it to your kids because it's the perfect snack they can take to school but beware there are imitations on the market so look out for the original mcberry breakfast cereal biscuit mcberry bre- breakfast cereal goodness for your morning and this ad is fda approved now when you eat you want to drink water now you need to pay attention to the water you drink because Vena purified water is the best on the market with over 100,000 bottles consumed every day Vena purified water has gained acceptance as the number one water brand in ghana now when you buy Vena water you also supporting the Vena Changing Lives Initiative. Now they are uh, drilling boreholes, setting up orphanages, paying for people's surgeries, paying school fees for brilliant but needy students. And Vena Purified Water is doing what it can to support many beneficiaries each year. Vena Purified Water is recommended by the Ghana Medical Association. Vena Purified Water changing people's lives. 
Now, if you want a place to live, a place you can call your home, think of Sukasa. They have the Sukasa Granting Communities Affordable Luxury Housing Project. You've come into some money and you want to buy a house. Talk to them. They have nice, nice units at um, East Ligon Hills and Aimensa. Three bedrooms with outhouse, a four bedroom with an outhouse as well. Call them on 030-296-0865 or get them on WhatsApp 055-3697-886 or get them on social media at Sukasa GH. Sukasa Building on Trust. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. To make it to their door, only to be told we were too late. How many picket lines we cross just to get back off the floor, then we fall back in the same old game. But it made me realize to see the line and train, the shadows of the hand. That always pulled the strings for those who understand the beginning, see the end. Guess who is rising again? Me again, knocking on your door till all your walls come tumbling down. Me again, like Jericho before, Babylon walls come tumbling down 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 whoa stumbling down election promises have failed this project we don't see as I walk through shanty towns, gutters choke with broken dreams. Yeah, they trickle down, don't come so far. Later this morning, Etec Monday comes your way. An all-female panel discussing uh, very interesting things this morning. But good morning. Today is my son's ninth birthday. His name is Nanaya Onkumsa Sapong. I wish him God's blessing, protection, and guidance. He's a blessing to us, and we love him dearly from mommy and daddy. Coming in from Nine Nkumsa Sapong. To his nine-year-old son, a heartfelt birthday to an amazing gentleman, Nilante Kwakupum, head of funds and procurement at Ministry of Education from Dr. Gerard Nyanyofio and family. And then 3rd September, I was blessed with twins, Seduji Achu Ueli and Seduji Uleji. After eight years, September 25th, 2023, we were blessed with another set of twins, the king and the queen, Jejom Achupe and Jijom Achu Uleji. We want to celebrate God for bringing us this far. God's blessings from Evans Mauli Kohe to his double set of twins. Alright, a few uh, more yeah, coming in. Says, Happy birthday to Mrs. Hannah Asante Abrokwa of the ECG Projects Office HR Department. Mm. The message is from all your friends and loved ones at the ECG Corporate PMO Head Office. Jericho before Babylon walls come 
Let me just give you the words of the song. So this, this is uh, Rocky Dawuni, and it's a really profound uh, mm. lyrics. How many roads we've had to walk just to make it to the door, like, only to be told we were too late. How many picket lines we cross Maybe just to get back on the floor, then we fall back in the same old game. Shadows of the hand that always pull the strings for those who understand. The beginning, see the end. Guess who is rising again? So basically, we're not giving up until the walls you've set up come tumbling down. Basically, Jericho happening all over again. Babylon was coming down, down, down. Election promises have failed. Those who spoke up have been jailed. And yet, we go about pretending we don't see. As I walk through Shanty Town, choked with broken dreams and the trickle down doesn't come so far lots of insightful things in this song here are some comments on the rain situation its effects on various parts of Accra why is the capital getting more and more flooded was it the level of rain or is it the lack lack of resilience girlfriend has some comments on the situation for us um, and this has been ongoing since um, Friday Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so a couple of messages coming through. Uh, better today, dear, the motorway traffic is extra. Oh, oh Lord. I have been in traffic on the motorway for 45 minutes mm. and just made it to the halfway point. Mm. Good morning, city. There's a red sprinter turned upside down in the middle of the Tama motorway mm. behind Action Chapel. Mm. Help is needed. Mm. Uh, good morning, better. Thank you for bringing this matter of the muddy road along the Kaswa Road. Okay. Bernard, I believe the whole problem is a lack of planning. And I'll suggest if a long bridge can be constructed from the barrier precisely, Botiano Junction mm-hmm. to Tupa Junction, so that the silt and the water can pass through and under the bridge to the nearby rivers. Hmm. Good morning, Team City. There's a main Ghana Water Company limited water pipeline that is burst at Afienia, mm. just after the toll booth. Ghana Water Company, please pay attention, says the water is gushing out with very high pressure. Mm. Uh, good morning, guys. Thank you for the job. Uh, guys, the traffic light at, Mata- at McCarthy Junction on the Kaswa Road is not working. Mm. There's no policeman to assist drivers. Uh, the situation here is terrible mm. this morning. But I live in Kaswa and left home at 5 a.m. just to avoid the traffic. I ended up staying in a 40-minute traffic at the area after the tour booth due to sand and water on the road. Wow. I got to work at 6.50 a.m. Wow. I seriously don't know why our leaders, MCs, MPs are doing nothing about the sand mm. which falls from the hills onto the road. It's really frustrating to put up your house and due to bad leadership, you want to move out and rent somewhere closer to town. Mm. Will this ever be fixed is mm. the question he's asking. That is the question. Okay, this one says, where you shoot to score but deflected as own goal Will the shooter be credited with an assist? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know where this one is coming from. from. But, um, this, uh, these are some of the messages that have come okay. through. Okay. Very uh, dramatic week, past week. Charlie. And promises to ha- be even more dramatic this week. Yeah. Uh, lots happening. So, well, mm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we had the the most uh, mixed with rain. If mm-hmm. you allow me, I can mix the two. You can, they, are, they are already mixed up, so you can <laughs> just go ahead. Yes, because for a lot of the people who were, for a lot of the protesters and people who have raised issues about the dysfunction that surrounds us, 
the rains highlighted that for them. Mm-hmm. So we realized that people were like, "Yeah, this is what this is why what we're we, talking about. This is what we're talking about. Mm. It's rained for forty minutes, Charlie. and people. So I saw there was a video that we Charlie. shared Charlie. of somebody standing on his car Charlie. at the Titi Brothers runabout or something. It was serious. In the like, you see, and Bernard, when I spoke about the need to declassify the motorway, <laughs> you said if we declassify it, it is it is acknowledging defeat. <laughs> Bernard, which car highway be this? Which kind of motorway be this? That when it rains, somebody has to park his car and stand at the on the roof of the car no, to survive. The, no, the TT brothers. Is that part of the it's motorway? Not part of the motorway. Ah, okay. Beyond the motorway. Okay, but you still did see the videos yeah, we yeah, shared of the yeah, motorway yeah, anyway. Yeah, you bad. saw the videos we shared of a, practically a new one, the one that goes to Sky's place. The Achimoto Fanko one. Everywhere. Why does it flood? That thing is not ten years old. And that thing is not 10 years sky is it 10 years old then there's the which of them they then there's a the malam intersection yes the one that you take home oh, it's, a little bit over it's, it's quite old mm-hmm. then okay. there's the malam intersection there's the malam intersection you know so got flooded yes so you mix these things up and uh people were like this is why we are saying we need our leaders to do better this is why we need people to be more responsive because on a day like that accidents would require hospitals you, you, you would need a whole lot hmm. okay so if we cannot manage the city, how are you managing the country? You're not managing the cities well. Mm. How are you managing the country? So for a lot of people, th- this was like a manifestation of the question the that we, we have not been able to address is if that level of rain fell in any city, would they have the same level of effect? Because you mean in Ghana, city yes, in no, city in wherever Ghana. in the world, a capital city. So that isn't a question of the rain being a lot. Or the city being less resilient, it will, or, be inter- or both. it will be interesting to hear from Ghana Meteo the volume of rains we had because mm. we've had very high volumes of rains. Um, I remember one of the worst rains we've had this year was in uh, a city in China, Hujou, or one of those places mm. where basically the equivalent of two years of rain hey. fell in a day or so. See, hey, then yeah, it, was, it was reported all over, and basically the city just struggled to deal with it two but, years of rain yeah they, 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 they had a lot of rain that day but to be fair the rain that has fallen maybe you should call um fred the, the portofi man to talk to us about the yeah, volume of rains we've had i i didn't think the friday rain was that much to mm-hmm. lead to the level of devastation it created this morning has been raining quite a bit as well yes but that is why there there, there is concern mm. also about the growing number of areas that, that now, are joining the yes, flood yes. problem. So many testing, mm-hmm. flooded. Mm-hmm. You see, I mean, and Adenta, Jigano, Racecourse, Weja, Kaswa, Bawe. I mean, you know, past, some I, of these I, I am looking flooded. at I'm looking yeah. at some data here, yeah. just trying to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Whilst you know, and basically the amount of rainfall classified as heavy is projected to increase between 2010 and 2050. <laughs> with the wet seasons projected to get wetter mm. and the dry seasons drier. Forgive. Now, this will be felt intensely in the urban areas as populations continue to grow. Now, mm. already about 40% of Accra is classified as highly prone to flooding. 40% of Accra. Wow. Now, this will also increase as due to more buildings, less water will drain into the soil. So, if we live in a city and already 40% of it is classified as highly prone to flooding and these days if it rains for 10 minutes you have to buy a canoe or a jet ski to move around the city mm. where are we going with this one but wow. also concerns have arisen about whether 
we are reactive to this and whether we need to get proactive more than being reactive yes because we are spending a lot of money in this very reactive cycle mm. that we are in all right so there was a message earlier today from a listener in the kasua area who says that they get stuck in traffic when it rains because of the silt on the road and that this morning vehicles are broken down already oh and that it's very difficult so let me talk to calvis tete central regional correspondent who covers that part of the capital for us calvis good morning thanks for joining us thank you Tubenet. so i don't know if you've taught the the the, the main kasua to botiano to malam road and if you can tell us the state of the road some listeners sent message very early that the rain from friday led to so much traffic because there was mud and silt on the road what have you seen? What can you report? Well, uh, Bernard, you know, this thing started on, on Thursday after Thursday's rain. Uh, on, on Thursday through to Friday, you know, people had to commute from Accra to Kaswa by foot. You know, uh, because uh, there was no access. Vehicles were not moving because of the stuff that has gotten stuck on the Trobud section and then on the Atala section, which is on the highway. You know, uh, the, the human activities up there on the broadcasting hill. A lot of human activity, people are building, people are taking portions of the sand on the hill, uh, using them for their own surfaces. And for that matter, when it rains, uh, the, the, the sand that is left over is washed onto the main street. You know, the gutters are also not properly constructed. They are smaller, smaller gutters. So what happens is that when uh, it rains, the, 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 the silt gets stuck in the gutters and then onto the road. Uh, they gradually find their way to the West Coast more down to the Atala area, which is also... Uh, on the highway, and there is huge traffic. Then, uh, since Friday, people have compl- people have been complaining. It is difficult to even come to Kaswa from Accra since Friday uh, because of the that still that is stuck on the road. But on Saturday, uh, just this past Saturday, uh, you know, the uh, Human Security uh, Department of the Ministry of National Security came on the stretch to, uh, I mean, help uh, move the cells from the stretch. As of Saturday morning, they were on the stretch trying to do that. But I spoke to them late yesterday, and they are still saying it is a bit difficult. They are trying their best to ensure that the Atala portion is clear. And then from there, they will also move to the two-boot session. You know, uh, it's very few logistics are using and working, so it takes a lot of time. It's, it's, they are the same people who are working on the uh, uh, Atala session. So until they finish that one, they can't move to the two-boot session to continue. So there is huge good luck as you speak. People are working to work virtually because, yeah. I mean, there's nothing... Is it, is it, that. is it... The gridlock for those going or for those coming to Kasua? Uh, no, uh, it, 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 it's supposed to be the gridlock for those going to Accra. But what is happening is that the Accra portion is blocked. So now uh, 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 vehicles have to move to the Kasua bound section and then use that route. So it's, the Kasua bound section now is two lanes now, one going, one coming, one going to Accra, one coming to Kasua. So you can just imagine how difficult it is this morning for people yeah, who are going to Accra. How come the national security work on saturday did not clear up the silt was it that much what kind of equipment were they using uh they, they, they were having tracks where they are filling the sand from the portion of the road onto the track but you know on, on that saturday while they were working their vehicle the, their machines developed fault so saturday they had to just clear some few portion and then they left it like that and then they came back early saturday sunday morning to also continue and as we see, they are still at the uh, Atala session trying to clear the road. But uh, when I spoke to them, they, they made mention that, I mean, uh, road users are not cooperating in the sense that people are using unauthorized routes to be joining the, uh, the the highway, which is making it a bit difficult for them. 
they are trying their best to ensure that the room will be cleared. But then it's, it's very difficult. It's difficult. I mean, this tollboot problem has been there for years, has been there for so many years, and it seems as though authorities are not doing enough to uh, solve that problem, Bernard. And, you know, uh, when you go up the hill, uh, on the broadcasting hill there, you'll see that, you'll see that there are portions of uh, holes around the broadcasting hill. Uh, people are not even getting access onto the hill. It's a bit difficult. It's, it's a bit difficult, you know, for... Uh, so so for, people, for people who live, people who have houses on the broadcasting hill, uh, what are they saying? Are they able to go home? Are their houses safe? Because when you are driving, you notice that the house is like on a cliff. How how secure are they and how concerned are they that one day their house will just collapse? Well, Bernard, um, it, it is difficult, you know, because each and every time when it rains, gradually the sand is being washed away. So there's there's a possibility of a mud slide if, if care is not taken. You know, uh, but from information I've gotten is that, you know, during the time they were constructing the main Kaswa uh, to Malam Jansen stretch, the contractors used that portion of the sand from the hill there. That's where they went to uh, collect sand to fill the stretch and then for the construction. So after they finished, I mean, ideally they were supposed to, uh, I mean, uh, at least make the place okay for persons to be to be living there. But at least the contractors just left that portion then. Since that time, people are uh, building there and all that. So, I mean, they, they need to do a lot of work there. I've, had, I've personally gone there to see what is happening. Then there are huge galleys and holes. You know, when they were doing those that portion, they took rocks and all those things from there. So there are huge galleys and portals still there currently. Very, very dangerous. But if you don't take time and you don't know, you might fall into a ditch. You know, so uh, authorities need to really wake up and do something about that uh, broadcasting hilltop. Well, Bernard, it, it's, it's serious when it rains. And, you know, what is happening is that uh, people who are living around the uh, Tobut area, they are taking advantage of the situation. They are also cashing in because the police is not there to help. So they are the ones directing the traffic and taking small, small money, you know. And and people are giving them uh, so money. As, so as we speak, you are saying there's no police on that road this morning? Now police have been, now police are there now trying to ensure that the situation uh, calms down. But I'm saying that occasionally when it rains, there are individuals on that stretch who cash in on that uh, problem because they come in there very early. They are living around. They are a, a group of youth. They are living around. So they come onto the streets try to use shovel and all those things to clear the debris on the stretch for vehicles to be passing. But police is currently on the stretch trying to control traffic. But then it is difficult. Mm. Very, very difficult situation. Thank you, Carvis, for your report. Carvis Tete, our central regional correspondent, he says the Kasua booth to Atala area, I don't know how else to describe the road, has still been blocked. The Accra bound side filled with sand and silt making it immotorable so the Accra bound vehicles are having to use the Kasua bound side leading to traffic both ways. People are walking to work. The human security unit or national security went there on Saturday to try and clear the silt. They've not finished and there are more rain so more silt is coming. The people who live on the broadcasting hill they know that they are living on borrowed time. What is the solution to this? I mean it's I don't know. I don't even know how to how we got here. This is something we've been talking about for many, many weeks, you know. And I'm sure you it will go and back. Yes, yeah. You go back to the demonstration. This, this is why <laughs> things are not working. Fix the country. Yes, you know, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that it had to take national security, and even they have not finished. Mm-hmm. And it seems as if it's going to become like an annual, like the way they remove <coughs> snow from the road. Most so, whereas when it snows in some countries, they have to come and clear it. Yeah. When so, it rains, we have to go and clear it. And, and, and knowing this that we live in, it's going to become somebody's contract. Yeah. I, I don't the, know. The, uh, uh, the contract to remove sand and silt 
from the Kaswa Highway. But is that the what, what would be the permanent solution? A, a retaining wall? Because I, the, 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 the hill has... Yes, the hill is the problem. And you can't remove a hill. Yeah, you can't remove a hill. You can't remove but a hill. But you, you could... The, I'm sure there are experts in that space who could go and have a look and tell you maybe we could plant, we could relocate people from there, plant, plant trees, trees or, I don't know. And do it's, it's now, it's clear. It. When you look at it, it's like even the houses are living on borrowed time. Because it's like the erosion has led to gullies in the cliff. Oh, but the uh, uh, municipal assembly, the EPA, the Ghana geological people have all said that people should not be, nobody should be living on that hill. So they should all move? Yes, they've said it several times that they need to relocate. But the point is, then you, we have to pay compensation. We have to buy people from their ah, Compensation homes and all those to leave a place that will kill you? You know, but I mean, people have built homes there. How did they get to build there? It wasn't considered illegal, was it? Well, my point is now it's a danger zone. So for your own good, leave. Why yeah, does but if somebody has put up their own trade, but in fact, somebody has a $3.2 million house no, on the top that, of that hill. Does their continued stay there worsen the situation of death and death in their lives? Because the situation is already bad. I don't think it's the living that has a problem. I think the problem is the fact that the hill is eroding. Eroding. If you don't live, eventually you die. Uh-huh. So I think it's more a question of for your own good, leave. No, but the, the, the problem there is not only to they themselves. Uh, they also pose a huge threat and danger to public safety. The people mm. who use that corridor every day, uh, mm. they are in a way threatened by it. Because I told you about my own experience when mm. I was coming from the central region. Yeah, it was raining terribly. And Bernard, Charlie, stuck in traffic. Charlie, it was, it was bad. The, the, the other lane, the lane that should take you to central region, right? Mm-hmm. So normally, the one that actually gets to retain a lot of the sand and mud mm-hmm. is the one that comes towards Accra. Yeah. Yeah. But you see, the other one, the one that's going to the central region, it takes in a lot of water, Bernard. So much water. You you know, I was using a high vehicle. Still. But still, water was entering the vehicle. So it tells you that it was it was bad. Let me talk to Joseph Potofi, oh, who's the deputy director of forecasting at the Ghana Metro Agency. I was shocked at the level of flooding that Friday's rain caused. Maybe he has some numbers to show us and why we're having so much rain in September. Mr. Potofi, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, so Friday, it rained for like, I don't know, one hour, a few minutes, and everywhere was flooded. Was it that much rain or is it that it was more the question of its suddenness? Do you have numbers in terms of the volume of rain that rained on Friday? Yes, I think it was much rain. Accra, like this, reported uh, about 78 millimeters of rain. And, and how does that compare? That. How does that compare to your average rain day? Uh-huh. You see, yesterday I was telling somebody that yes, because the resilient level of Accra has dropped. If we have a rain above 50 millimeters within two three hours. A lot of Accra will be flooded. And that is what happened. Um, the rains were, some areas were about three hours, two hours, one hour. And in airport, we had a 76. We are now collecting the rest from the Weja, Kokwasi, and the Itebaro, um, Ganeshian, and all those. We have stations there. So this morning, we'll collect them and analyze them and see. But uh, mm. in some areas, the rains were very heavy. So now, any rain be beyond 50 millimeters is a problem for Accra? I tell you, very sure. <laughs> but 50 millimeters, 
Okay, if I put a if I put a tank in front of my house, how long will it take for fifty millimeters to fill it? I mean, just give me a sense of what fifty millimeters is. Is it that much rain? Yes, it's, it's that much rain. Fifty millimeters is a lot of rain. Fifty millimeters, you take a one meter by one meter squared, and you have fifty millimeters of rain. There is it's a lot of rain. And uh, let's see, you put a a barrel in front of your house, and it's raining. Definitely, the barrel will get full. Wow! Yeah, no, no. Wow! Yes, yes. With the rain, what I don't get full, even if I not like I'm connecting water from the roof. Just no, no. Wow! No. So that's a lot of rain. The one dripping. Yeah, that's a lot of rain. Yeah. Um. It it rained again slightly this morning. I don't know. It's too early yet, but was it a heavy kind of rain? Do you have any numbers for today's rain? Oh, well, what what is happening today would not be uh, uh, compared to what happened on Friday at all because this is just a, a showers and slight rain in some areas, and uh, the sun will definitely come up. It will not be anything. So Friday was serious. Um, what? Should we expect in the coming days? Do you know if we are going to have the the fifty millimeter type of rain this week? Um, we will be doing the analyzing the charts this morning, and then by evening we'll be able to come out with what will happen this week. But um, what I can say is that we are in a minor rainy season, and if you could recollect, uh, we came out with some letting that this minor rainy season is is, is going to be. Uh, heavy. There are going to be showers, a lot of rains, and I think that is what we are expecting. We are in a manner of rainy season. At certain times, um, based upon some of the phenomena that we are having, the El Nino Lenina issues, uh, there is a possibility that we we'll have a, a lot of rains in the minor rainy season in some areas. Currently, as I'm speaking, it's raining part of the northern region heavily, and uh, usually, this is the period where it should have dropped down to the coastal and the middle areas, they still really need a north. So we should expect to uh, bring ourselves on this. Uh, and this track. is across the country, rain the rain across yes. the country. When will the minor rainy season end? Uh, within, in Accra, it will end somewhere in November. But in the oh. north, October, November, it will, October ending, it will end in the north. But within Accra, at certain times, uh, maybe within the December, we can have some rain. And it will not be like uh, what we are experiencing now. But it should end. When the wind's direction and everything changes, hopefully by December, we should be out of the hood. You remember we spoke a few months ago and I was complaining about the the, the lack of clarity between the minor and the minor, major rainy seasons. I think those times, it was raining all over the year or at all times. Have we gone back to normalcy now? Because when I started learning geography many years ago, Rainy season was May to July or May to June. Minor was September, October. And that seemed to have been interrupted in the past. Are we back to the regular major minor rainy seasons? Not yet. We are not still back. Uh, uh, we have some uh, variability in it. Even within the amateur season, you still see rain. So uh, we can see in the olden days what we are experiencing where we have a clear cut minor and a clear cut major rainy season. We are not in that uh, period is this and uh, um yes, people will have activity due to climate change, the climate variability and their lives better. So that's what I can All say. Right. Finally <laughs> Finally. My colleague was saying that I think sometime back a year's volume of rain fell in a day in China and and led to a lot of devastation. My question is 
what are the chances of that in Ghana where on a day you can have an outlandish volume of rain like a year's or six months volume in a day is that even possible how how often does that happen in a generation um in ghana it is it is not it's not likely because those rains come out of a hurricane and cyclones when you have cyclonic because the pressure is very 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 low you can have a pressure of eight five two nine five two and now when there's a lot of moisture you can bring it a lot of rain well, fortunately for us, we don't have those uh, phenomenon here, where you have a, a big a big sea with pressures very low on it, forming cyclonic flow, and then come on land and then pour the rays on land. We don't have those things in there. Geographically, the way we are situated, there is no way we can have such a thing. Yes, we can have, in Accra, we can have a rate of maybe 150, and that one will be disastrous for us that we don't have such a rain uh, okay like 200 no there's, there's okay. there's because that 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 phenomenon we are told was the remnant of a typhoon yeah, typhoon which which led to 700 millimeters of rain between in, a saturday and a wednesday between a saturday and a wednesday it rained 700 millimeters after 744 744 yeah. so you're saying because we don't do cyclones we don't do hurricanes and those things here we shouldn't expect that type, that volume of rain in a in a week. At all, at all, at all. We shouldn't expect those things. In history, what has been the highest recorded rainfall in a in a day in Ghana? Do you know? Um, uh, recently, who gave us more than forty uh, something? I think Accra one day gave us, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, two thousand ten, 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 eleven about where they wrote in a. Around uh, in front of the uh, Accra Academy was ripped off a lot of devastation. We had about 100 or something millimeters of rain in a day. Mm. Mm. But recently, it's been the whole 110 millimeters, the, the whole one yes, recently. Recently, yeah, the whole one, the whole one. But Axim, you know, the the topography of Axim, because it's a forested area and it is a, they have a lot of forest and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, they normally get 100 millimeters of rain and nobody hears of it. Nobody would even think of it, but we have a lot of rains there during the mm. day. around one twenty. So if if we have if we have axim type of rain in Accra, we are in trouble. Seriously, seriously, we have to put a, a lot of ambulances and the boats and things around and then make oh, sure we, oh, boats. We, we, we rescue a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, boats. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. The other problem was that there was. In, in the past, when it rains, the places that get flooded are the usual suspects. So, Adenta, Malam areas. But but this um, Friday, every part of Accra was flooded. All kinds of places. <laughs> I don't know. It was like the whole city was, was underwater for a couple of hours. Is that because the rain fell with the same intensity everywhere or is it just because of the volume? Um, there are so many factors. Uh agri-college. The structures too, you know, people are just putting new structures and they are blocking waterways. There are drainage that are being, are being constructed which are not wider enough. And when you construct a drainage, it means you are blocking somebody's uh, water pathway to redirect the, the water into a drainage system. All so many factors. And if you look at what happened on Friday also, the system was coming and it was all over from a flower to somewhere 
Winneba. And it was sitting on us. So when we have such a thing like that everywhere, but we are very fortunate that that very day we look at it, the the sea was on a, a low tide. If we were to have a high tide, then uh, I tell you, it will also be a different story. Because a, low, a high tide means water will now be coming onto the land. The sea water will be forcing onto the land. So when we have a lot of water going to the sea, they will not be able to go. There will be a backlash. And when there is a backlash, you realize that the colony will just spill over, and that will be very disastrous. We pray, we pray, we pray, we pray it doesn't happen. Thank you for your insights, Joseph Potofi. We really appreciate you for this. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Bernard. That's the Deputy Director of Forecasting, Ghana Meteorological Agency. Really insightful conversation. 50 millimeters is the threshold. Anything beyond that, we are in trouble. If it rains like axim level in Accra, we need boats and rescue. Yeah, but I'm surprised you're saying, okay. We'll be back and deal with that. This is City Breakfast Show. Stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. The last three days has seen the Kasol Tollboard stretch to the Atala area experience heavy traffic. This is as a result of heaps of sand washed onto the highway by Thursday's rains. This phenomenon has been attributed to the human activities in the area. The heaps of sand have found their way to the Atala area, also creating huge traffic. Vehicles from both ends of the road find it difficult to move, particularly on the Accra-bound section. On the towboat sections, some individuals have taken it upon themselves to clear the debris and cash in as road users sometimes give them money for their efforts. Persons who stay in Kaswa and its adjoining communities in the past three days have had difficulties accessing commercial vehicles to their homes from Accra, with some of them compelled to trek. The Ministry of National Security has moved in to ensure the road is cleared. Tiba trucks were seen clearing the road on the Atala section to ensure easy movement. The team also moved to the 12 boat section to perform a similar exercise. Here is XWO1 Stephen Osei speaking to City News about the operation. Because of the traffic, we see that the place is blocked. So we are here to uh, try our best to open up so that the traffic can flow. You know, there's a, a choke gutter at the place. That causes it. So we are trying to do our best to clear the, the blockage so that uh, we can get the flow traffic. Okay. Yes, from here, we go back to uh, Tobut at the Osiadine place. Uh, we are trying our best to uh, direct the traffic, but we are facing difficulties because some of them are not cooperating. We are not going to sleep tonight. We are going to work overnight so that at least the traffic can flow. Maybe by tomorrow, early in the morning, we will sure we will be able to clear the place. Both Atala and then Esi uh, Adan. You know, we are facing a heavy rainfall and that caused it. So they should cooperate with us so that the work can go on. 
So that was uh, a national security person speaking to us on that road. Well, it's quite clear that the pro- the, 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 they were not successful because the, the traffic this morning is bad and the road is still blocked. Meanwhile, prostate cancer is a cancer that occurs in the prostate of men. African men have a high risk of developing prostate cancer during their lifetime. Symptoms include difficulty in urinating, blood in the urine, blood in the sperm, erectile dysfunction, and weight loss. When detected early, it's still confined to the prostate gland. You have the best chance for successful treatment. Now, if you have persistent symptoms that worry you, visit the nearest health center within your district for a blood prostate-specific antigen test and a quick way of testing for prostate cancer. Now, residents of Amasaman, Sapeman, Media, Ajin, Kutuku, and Uduman, and environs are being urged to be at the district assembly on Wednesday, 27 September, as we educate and create awareness on prostate cancer. Roberts and Sons Optical is one of the accredited optical centers for DVLA eye testing. Visit any of our branches uh, in Adenta, Weja, Adabraka, Osu Dankwa Circle, Tema, East Legon, Kofredia, Kumasi, or call 0501-519-111 for more information or go online to robertsandsunsoptical.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more information regarding the DVLA eye testing. Roberts and Sons Optical Services, your accredited DVLA eye testing provider. And the biggest event on the HR calendar is finally here, the HR Focus Conference and Award 2023 on the theme, the HR Mandate, Building Resilient People and Business. All HR practitioners and business leaders are invited to come participate and enjoy insightful keynote speech, company exhibitions, Vodafone HR Forum and more. Speakers include the amazing Grace Enim Yeboah, Business Banking Director of APSA, Dr. Edward Kwapon, President of Chartered Institute of Human Resource Management and others. It's on Thursday, 28th September, Accra International Conference Center. Go to hrfocusevents.com or call 0204-160007. Event sponsored by Vodafone Ghana, ECOWAS Bank for Investment and Development, Volta Hotel, Seamless, HR, Newmont Ghana, APSA Bank, Enterprise Group, DVLA, Acacia Health, APSA Bank, Hollard Group, and Petrosol. Now, Heritage Christian College is at Amasaman behind the Olympic Stadium. They are offering you great, great, great programs at tertiary level. They've got some BBA programs. They offer some master's programs, specialized, of course, media short courses and professional courses. Call them on 0202-298-399 or 0547-777-731 or visit their website, hcuc.edu.gh. They have all the info you need there. Heritage Christian College, a university training, compassionate and entrepreneurial leaders now your number one festive family and fun recreational center is 20 years lakeside marina park is a subsidiary of lakeside estate an award-winning cimg real estate company of the year 2021 so they are celebrating 20 years of lakeside marina park call them on 0204-775-044 or visit lakesidemarinapark.com on social at lakeside underscore marina underscore park to find out all the new things they've added to their repertoire lakeside marina park 20th anniversary moving from mid middle level to premium now mega six lotto is giving you the chance to win 1 million cities today with only 49 numbers to choose from mega six lotto gives uh, you the chance to win exciting prizes the odds are always in your favor just dial star 266 hash or download their app from the ios or the play store don't forget to play before 5 p.m every day mega six lotto mega winnings mega impact and this is regulated by the nla now there's a hope 
for better chance of survival and a cancer medical consultation in Ghana hosted by the Accra Medical Center in partnership with Apollo Proton Cancer Center India is asking you to come and seek second opinions on treatment plans and possibilities with specialists from Apollo Hospital India and Accra Medical Center. Now it's happening on the 26th of September at the Accra Medical Center on the Rigway between 10am and 3pm. Call Dr. Saki on 024-338-2636 or Chris on 0244-317-422 to schedule appointments. Apollo Hospitals Touching Lives, Accra Medical Center, a healthier, happier client. Standard Water has over a quarter of a century experience in providing quality and refreshing water to quench your test. This water brand has been built on credibility for the past 25 years. We are available in every regions of Ghana and we're expanding to cover the rest of the country. Get in touch for sachet water, bottled water, dispenser mounted jar and customized water for your parties. Call 0202055703. This advert is FD approved. Coming up next is EdTech Monday and Nathan Kwao will be having a big, big panel today. What are you talking about this morning, yeah, Nathan? Today we are talking about accelerating digital literacy to benefit educational systems in Ghana. Mm, and who are your guests? Well, I have three great women. I have Amasaki, who's with uh, ALX, Adra Fusua, Fori, Women's Haven Africa, and Winnie Jidunu, who's with MTN Ghana. Okay. And it's brought to us by the MasterCard Foundation with support from the Meltwater Entrepreneurial School of Technology. Etek Monday is up next with Obodai Nathan Kwao. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the September edition of EdTech Monday. Now, EdTech Monday is a platform for EdTech entrepreneurs, education stakeholders, and government reps to facilitate critical conversations on the use of technology for teaching and learning. Now, the show is an initiative of the MasterCard Foundation's Regional Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning in ICT, and is part of the foundation's strategy to find solutions to Africa's youth employment by closing the gap in access to quality education and advancing the integration of tech in education policies and practices across Africa. Now, Etek Monday built on the foundation's Young Africa Work Strategy in Ghana with the vision of harnessing opportunities to shape the future of work and to create an inclusive economy with enhanced resilience for young people and the most vulnerable, especially women, by 2030. Now, to realize this vision, MasterCard Foundation has partnered with Mest Africa to bring you EdTech Monday, airing on the last Monday of every month, like this morning. You can catch the show live um, on the City Breakfast Show or watch us live on Facebook via City 97.3 FM or Mest Africa. My name is Nathan Kwao. Now, today we are talking acceleration digital literacy to benefit educational systems in Ghana. Now, Africa's demand for education is projected to increase with nearly 750 million children expected to be of school-going age by 2060. Now, the global ranking of the Digital Skills Gap Index 2021 places Ghana in the 95th position with a 3.6 score 
out of a listing of 134 countries. Now, with the current educational system at capacity and increasing cohorts of children and young people presents a significant fiscal pressure on government in terms of service delivery needs and sustained investment in accessible and quality education. So this morning, we're talking about the initiatives that are, you know, that have been implemented on the continent and in Ghana to accelerate digital literacy to benefit education systems and human capital development. Now, to do that, I have three great people who know their tech. I have Amasaki, who's a growth and marketing lead at ALX Ghana. Anaama is a growth marketing lead at ALX. She's deeply passionate about driving conversations that positively impact Africa. And she firmly believes that the African youth do have the superpowers to bring things to the continent. She likes art and she enjoys crafting stories for kids. Wonderful. Ama, good morning. Welcome to Etech Monday. Good morning, Nathan. Thank you for having me. All right. Our second panelist is Adjoa Fosua Owusu-Fori. She's Executive Director of Women's Haven Africa. Now, she's a leading figure in Ghana's tech industry and a role model for women in tech and entrepreneurship. She founded Women's Haven Africa in Kumasi in 2019, and that entity is dedicated to empowering women with training, mentorship, and financial support for tech-driven entrepreneurship aligned with the Sustainable Development Goals. Now, um... Some of Adjoa's achievements include winning accolades like the overall Best Hub and Best Startup Support Organization at the twin Ghana 2021 Ghana, Ghana Startup Award. Sorry, her impact reaches globally, touching multiple countries, reflecting her commitment to gender equality and Africa's future. Now, Adjoa uh, aspires to inspire young African women with dreams, and she wants to be a catalyst for change. And she's joining us online. Adjoa, if you can hear me, good morning. Welcome to Etech Monday. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And our third panel member is Winnie Jidonushi, Senior Manager senior manager Digital Platforms, MTN Ghana. Now, she's a Senior Manager for Digital Platforms at MTN with 10 years of experience in product development. She has an extensive background in logistics, mobile money, and telecommunications. And Winnie is passionate about building innovative products and services that will drive digital transformation in the African market. Now, we have expertise in driving product roadmaps, leading product teams and managing complex projects. She's been able to deliver exceptional results and Winnie is a firm believer in customer-centric design and strives to create solutions that are tailored to the user's needs. Winnie, good morning. Welcome to Etech Monday. Good morning. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for joining us. And to our listeners, you can also send in your thoughts and comments on the number 0549-986-996. You can also drop comments on our Facebook page. We'll try to go through as many of them as possible. All right, let's get the ball rolling. Let me get to Adjoa first. She's joining us via uh, online or via Zoom. Um, Adjoa, thank you so much for joining us once again. Let's start off with you. Let's um, get your general thoughts on digital literacy for education in Ghana and whether or not Ghanaian schools have a digital divide in relation to other African countries and maybe in relation to the rest of the world. All right. Thank you very much. So um, good morning to all the listeners, and I'm happy to be here today. So I just want to start by saying that, you know, digital literacy now is no longer a luxury. It's actually become a necessity. And we know that digital literacy is actually a fourth literacy 
and as we speak, it has become very necessary to talk about in education. Although we know that reading, writing, mathematics, and all that are respected as the basis of being literate. But literacy in this day is not complete if a person is not capable of assessing and creating digital information. If a person is not digitally inclined, then literacy in itself is not even complete. We all understand the role education plays in our economy, the role education plays in our nation. And we realize that education is one of the important vehicles that drives the economic development and even human welfare of a nation. And therefore, it's very important to know that, you know, our educational system is changing. The educational environment is changing. The diverse educational needs of students, high expectations from the public, even the work environment that requires um, employees or a skill force that is digitally inclined, mm. and even periodic policy reports that demands educational change, not only even at the educational system level, but also at the school-based level in local and international context. Now, we realize that digital literacy is not just merely a skill. It's actually a cornerstone for educational progress in Ghana. We are looking at go, um, heading towards um, 2030, and when you look at the SDG goals, we realize that the future of work by 2030 is digital. And that tells us, or that informs us that we cannot get there without getting our people digitally inclined. Okay. Ghanaian students, you know, like those in many countries are all using digital tools for everything from assessing educational resources online to collaborating with your peers. Even as I'm speaking right now, I am making use of a digital platform. And that tells you that there is a need for us to look at the changing scenes of our environment and our ecosystem now to ensure that we are inculcating um, um, digital literacy, we are inculcating literacy, not just around reading mathematics and writing, but then people are digitally inclined. Now, back to Ghana as a nation, like many other African countries, okay. we are facing a digital divide which is very, very evident. Now, when it comes to Ghana, we are looking at the urban-rural gap, where we have young people, young boys and girls in rural areas who do not even have access to digital tools. Not to talk about access to internet for them to be able to bridge that gap. We are looking at all of these disparities, even in internet access. Now, according to the Alliance for Affordable Internet, this issue is not unique to Ghana. And it even extends across Africa to other African countries. And it's therefore essential for us to recognize that while Ghana is making progress, there is so much work to be done. I remember a project with West Africa about two years ago, which was on um, the Premier's Digital Marketing Program, where we trained close to about 120 women in digital marketing. Now, these were young women who were unemployed. Okay. We are looking at our tech ecosystem and looking at the gap when it comes to the skill set of young people. Young people completing school and they do not match up with the skills that employers require just because they are not digitally inclined. And so therefore, this particular project enhanced the skills of these over 120 women to be digitally inclined and connect them to employment. On a global scale, the digital divide still persists with many developed countries having greater access to digital resources and infrastructure. Bridging this gap is essential to ensure that 
even Ghanaian students have access to the same educational opportunities as their global peers. So I'll just end by saying the same word I said again, that digital literacy now in our educational system is no more a luxury, but it is a necessity. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much, Majua. Um, you've laid the ground brilliantly for us. Winnie, let, let me get your thoughts on what educational challenges that does um, digital literacy solve. If we, if we crack that one, what are we solving in terms of education? A great question. And uh, just saying good morning to everyone and thanks for having me here. Welcome. So definitely when you think about what educational problems digital literacy solves, that's the question, right? Yeah. So when you think about education today, from every level, you have things on the internet, right? So uh, Adra spoke about earlier, persons in rural areas, yeah. they may not have access to even physical schools. Mm. If they have access to even just a mobile phone, they can access educational information. So for example, I manage Ayoba. We have free data with Ayoba. Okay. So even if you don't have like, a com you don't have lot, a lot of money, but you just want to learn a little bit. We have a partnership with Oxford University where we mm. provide literacy um, training in that partnership on Ayoba. So there are okay. videos. So you're, let's say you can't read and write yet. You just want to listen, watch, learn. So firstly, it solves the issues that we're going to have in terms of education, mm -hmm. access to education mm -hmm. at every level. Um, I have a six-year-old that learns everything on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> when he goes to school, everybody's like, oh, how do you know these big words? Uh, YouTube. Then we talk about not just education, but when you're talking about entrepreneurship or employment. So you talk about entrepreneurship. If you're a farmer, let's say you're a farmer, you need to know weather patterns. Yeah. Things are changing. Like it's not the same. You Everyone plants at the same time and it rains at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because of climate change, things are changing. And if you don't have access to that information, even if it's not through the internet, there are services that uses SMS that can tell you what the weather is going to be at any mm -hmm. specific time. Okay. So having access and understanding even how to use those devices to know, okay, when can I grow my crops? What can I do? What mm -hmm. can I change? Uh, that's super important. So that's also solving there. And then we go to employment. Mm -hmm. So a lot of jobs are now online, they're remote work. Yeah. And if you don't have access and know how to use these mm -hmm. tools, um, Amma will talk about the different trainings, mm -hmm. but if you don't have access and know how to use the basic devices, so that's one of the things that we do at MTN. When we sell you the cell phone, the smartphone, mm -hmm. we go through with the agent to say, okay, you know, this is how you start, this is yeah. how you go, this is how you download apps. So we want to actually bridge that small gap if you have it, so that when you are now on the internet, you now have the devices, mm -hmm. you can use it to, uh, access information at anywhere okay. possible. I see. Now, let me, let me bring you. You've been quiet. You've been listening to Winnie, <laughs> Winnie and Nadra. Just talk to us about what what a digital literacy training or class would look like in the most unconducive environment, and what skills are taught, and how do we measure success? How do we know that people are picking up these skills that that, that we are teaching them? Okay. Thank you so much for the question, and good morning, everybody. Um, in an unconducive environment, um, I think there won't be digital infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And when I say digital infrastructure, I'm, th I'm talking about internet, I'm talking about the devices that okay. are relevant for you to um, get online, right? And I think there's a very typical example of a Ghanaian teacher that um, had to draw the computer to yeah. teach yeah. Um, his students. And then he was digital, digitally literate, right? He knew social media mm -hmm. skills and then he posted it online. It went viral and Microsoft saw it and he got rewarded for it, but that's not the case for people, teachers in the rural areas, yeah. right? 
So in a non-conducive environment, so that will be one. And then two, um, it will be that um, that you, there's no real-world application. Um, okay. I've, I, I've been told and I learned that in the new, in the new GS curriculum, um, there's that the class, I think class five, the class five students will be required to learn coding yes, yes. using um, using Scratch, a software called Scratch. And I'm thinking about how this will go for people in the rural areas, mm. right? So in a non-conducive environment, it's just going to be like, okay, let's code. They show you how to code on, um, on, the, on blackboard, the blackboard, but it's, it's like you won't be able to apply it yeah. physically, yeah? And There's then, a gap between what you are learning and exactly, the real problem. Exactly. Say. And then the other one too would be sometimes like there's a curriculum, right? Mm -hmm. But the curriculum is not up to date. So here we are teaching kids how to use the computer, how to search for information mm -hmm. online, have basics of social media, basics of email marketing. And then their colleagues in the other parts of the world are learning like the advanced. They are learning things like cloud computing, machine learning and AI and of course we are we are trying to do coding right but machine learning AI, data analytics and you realize that there's going to be like a disparity between the two people mm. and the two groups of people and we are trying we are training our, our students to okay. compete on a global level mm -hmm. and that's not going to happen right and um looking at the success measures like if we're going to measure the success of um digital literacy i think the first thing is to look at like have a, like a national digital literate literacy index mm -hmm. right and and we have to have like an agenda that promotes that and so every year we have to make sure that okay we are improving and then one way to do that is to is to create awareness i remember i got i didn't get arrested by a police i got stopped by a policeman <laughs> right and he he, he was trying we we're having a conversation i think he wanted to check my line so we we're having a conversation he was like so what do you do and i said that i i'm into i mentioned the word digital i mentioned the word technology and he's like, so you are the lazy people sitting behind the computer doing, and, and then it, it just, and you know, this is a father that is going to advise like a, a child yeah. in their career, in their career prospects. And, and, and I was like, wow, we yeah. have to make a conscious effort to create awareness mm -hmm. about digital literacy, right? And now another way that um, we can measure success is employability and um, economic, economic impact. So at ALX, what we are doing is that, um, sorry, ALX, what we're doing is that we're trying to read world-class tech talent so that we're able to, sorry, we'll be able to compete with um, the Indians, right? So if you're <laughs> looking for tech talent, we know that we can come to Africa. Yeah. If there are tech jobs coming into, for instance, Google and, I mean, X was in Africa, and if they came and they didn't get tech talent to take the rules, did they have to Im import the talent? Or are we qualified to take the tech talents? Mm -hmm. So that's what we are doing. And also, one of the ways we can measure is um, success stories. Um, at ALX, one of the things that we have is we have um, we have we have one of our, our graduates right who has gone ahead to employ about six thousand people. Wow. And I think he, he not in he's not Ghanaian. <laughs> he's not Ghanaian, right? But um, he's using digital. Like he he graduated from he's using digital to digital digital stuff to mark to map data across Africa, okay. right? And um, he's employed 6,000 people. I know currently we have students that are trying to use digital solutions to solve challenges at Kolibu, solve challenges at, um, in for physically challenged people. Mm -hmm. I know we have a lot of these, so that's a way that we can also measure our success, right? So 
yeah, that's it. And I would end here. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, my next question is for you and Ajoa. Okay. And I want to find out what the general conditions need to be or what, what, what conditions we need to meet for digital literacy um, to support education. So maybe you first and then I can go on the Zoom and get uh, address thoughts. Okay. I, I think the first thing would be mindset. Okay. We have to move from, we have to know that the world is changing. We have to know that we are in a new world. We have to know that even the way we do farming, when he was talking about farming, like, <laughs> would you have ever thought that would use technology to do farming mm. in this way? I mean, farming, you get it. The way we do things, are we have to shift our mindset. I also spoke about this policeman that mm -hmm. thought that me sitting behind a computer, if, I was just being tech, lazy. you are lazy. <laughs> I'm just being lazy. So we have to shift that mindset, and that's very important. And then secondly, we need... Um, policy framework mm. and funding okay. and policy framework i know that ges has the is it called the ict development accelerator framework policy mm -hmm. and um they are moving from just telling like showing the kids okay this is a computer this is um the mouse this is they're moving mm -hmm. from that to teaching the kids how to use the software more importantly teaching the kids how to use the software to make learning easier yeah. right so that's that's a good thing and then also we need funding because we we just mentioned that um in i think in 20 what did you say 2060 mm -hmm. there'll be seven 750 million yes <laughs> yes 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 750 million children are supposed to be going to school by 2060 exactly we need we need funding it's, it's like a it's like a whole big thing right so we need funding and I, I love what MasterCard Foundation is doing in Africa, the work that they are doing in Africa, because even at ALX, if you want to take our courses and you're between the ages of 18 to 34, you qualify for sponsored placements, which yeah. is scholarships, yeah. right? And people wouldn't have been able to pay probably yeah. if there wasn't... That the, is true. <laughs> <laughs> if there wasn't the scholarship available. And so we need funding. We need some of these organizations to get on board too. Mm. Thank you. So if, you can, if you can hear me, same question to you. What are the general conditions we need to meet for digital literacy to support um, education? All right. So just like um, she said, the first thing is the mindset. Because, um, I mean, gone were the days where digital literacy wasn't a thing. Now we realize that where we are heading towards, we actually need to ensure that each and every other person is digitally inclined. Now, one of the things she talked about was funding. From where I said at Women's Haven Africa, we have a lot of young women coming through our programs. And you realize that without funding, it would not have been possible for them to go through such programs. Now, thanks to partners like the MasterCard, thanks to partners like Mess Africa, Ghana Tech Lab, who have made all of these possible. And so we have hundreds and, uh, I mean, thousands of young women going through programs for free. And this is getting them jobs after every other thing. This is getting them remote tech jobs, even outside of Ghana. And it tells you that funding is very, very important. So what I would say is that all relevant stakeholders in the tech ecosystem need to come together to ensure that we are raising enough funds. Because looking at the number of people we need to get digitally inclined, it would need us to get more funding. Now back to the rural areas where they do not even have the physical infrastructures. We need funding to be able to get them the right infrastructure, get them the right tools. Now the next thing is access to internet. And I also talk about um, we being able to afford the internet. Now data has become very expensive. And so you even have these young women going through programs and after the program has ended, they do not have access to internet. 
Now, the reliability aspect is part of it, and affordability aspect is also, I mean, a key thing to look into. If internet is not reliable, if it is not affordable, no matter what skill sets they acquire from all of these programs, they still go back to zero. Nothing happens. And so we have been training a lot more young women in data science, in um, business digitalization, in graphic design, and all of that. But after the program ends, what next? So I think that the developmental partners must also look at sustainability. And I'm happy Emma talked about it. We have to look at it after all of these funds have been pumped into the programs and they are done, what happens? Now they need to also be able to assess digital tools themselves. I have seen most of our programs where partners are giving us the tools, the okay. laptop, the data and all of that. And then the cameras, every other thing that these young people need. After the program ends, we do not have enough funds to, sense, to sustain the impact. So they leave the program and somebody who has gone through a six-month program in digital media cannot afford a digital camera. And so what happens? They leave and then they just um, jump onto the next available option. So I remember a young lady who went through a program, a digital media program, and then after six months of intensive training, being able to acquire skills in photography and videography, mm -hmm. they, they left the program. And then the next time this person was into a different field altogether. And the reason was that they do not have enough funds to acquire the needed tools. Mm. And so we have to look at how they can have access to the tools. Even after all of these impacts, I mean, are made, we have to look at sustainability. Now, the other aspect I'm also uh, interested in is being able to equip educators to be able to integrate technology into the curriculum so that right from scratch, right from basic one, right from KG1, we have integrated technology into our educational curriculum. I remember we launched a program um, for kids, Canva for Kids, and we, we went ahead to ensure that there is some sort of partnership with some schools around our area. And I am telling you that till date, we have not even heard from any of these schools because some of them did not even find the need to inculcate or integrate technology in this curriculum. And so right from KG1 to class six, somebody finishes school or complete, complete school, JHS3, and they still cannot use Excel. They still cannot use PowerPoint. We're talking about digital literacy and we are not just talking about coding. We are talking about they being able to even utilize their mobile phones. These young people are using iPhone 12 and iPhone 14, iPhone 13, and all they can do is just take pictures of themselves and post. Meanwhile, we have women who are into businesses and they do not know that they can use the power of social media or leverage social media to scale their innovations or scale their businesses. And so we need to be able to equip educators to be well and capable enough to be able to integrate technology in their curriculum. Then the last thing I'll talk about is developing a localized digital content so that we are able to um, um, provide access to digital services, even to the rural areas. From that child in um, a rural area to somebody in the urban area, we need to be able to ensure that our content, our content sorry, is localized so that when they all meet together, they would still be at the same scale. So at this point, we are talking about equity, fair distribution, 
doesn't matter where you are. If you are in the local area, if you are in the rural area, we still have content that would help you content that would help enhance your skills in tech. And somebody in the urban area will do same. And this is why most Ghanaians leave Ghana, go to other African countries, and they are unable to perform. Most of them have access to jobs. They go there and they do not perform because there is there's still a wide skills gap. And so I believe that if we're able to have reliable um, data, it's affordable. We are providing young people with the tools and infrastructure, and then we are building the capacity of educators to integrate tech in their curriculum and also localizing our digital content. It would go a long way to help their digital ecosystem. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much, Ajwa. Those were very, very interesting points there. My favorite part was people getting having all these smartphones and they really don't know what to do with them right. except taking pictures. Winnie, let, let me come to you. Let's let's talk about strengthening digital literacy skills to benefit, you know, an education hungry population. People want to learn, people want to know. So how do we strengthen their digital literacy skills so all the things we are saying and doing can benefit these same people we want to empower? Okay, I think the, both ladies have kind of answered that okay. in different ways. Yeah. So basically, the first thing is access to the network. Okay. I think we've spoken about that yeah. uh, at limits. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, connectivity. So that's one of the things. Um, the next thing I believe is very important is just accessible technology, having that smartphone in your hand. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not just, as was said by Adra, having it, but it's still required. It's a necessity, right? Without it, you... What do you do? <laughs> the next thing, um, as you said earlier, we need to have it in the curriculum, yeah. right, Amma? We need to have it in the curriculum. Without it in the curriculum, students will be learning on their own, as I said, on YouTube, and mm -hmm. you don't necessarily know what they are learning okay. there. So unless you have it in the curriculum, you are guiding students. But please, let's update it. Let's not be teaching people like Microsoft 95 <laughs> <laughs> in 2023. Because yeah. that, that's to me, still a struggle. It's not okay to say it's in the curriculum, and it's so outdated mm -hmm. that... Even the you come to help your child and they say, okay, how do I save? You have to say control S because you can't even remember where it was that the teacher is now yeah, teaching about because you're not true. using that version anymore. Okay. So it's about actually not just having it in the curriculum, but it being up to date, mm. as Emma also said earlier. So, and the teacher training, like it's super important. So with teacher my training. teacher training, yeah. right? So... Because it's the teachers who have to now come and give this curriculum. If they're not in the know, if they're not um, on the cutting edge to be able yep. to impart it, the students also won't listen because they'll have a little thing in their head and they're like, ah, what this teacher is coming to teach me is not necessarily up to date. So mm -hmm. they'll be less interested. Um, and then community centers. Let's, let's not forget the importance of just having a local community center that mm -hmm. you can go and do your homework. Mm -hmm. You can go and research something. You know, we are also seeing a lot of tech hubs giving those supports now as yeah. well. So I went to WAR recently to Noni Hub. Noni Hub is one of the, so with Ayoba, we have accelerators every year. And we're working and partnering a lot with the tech hubs because mm -hmm. we want to support, as I said, the ecosystem. And when I went to Noni Hub, I realized that they had training in like hardware, like building different things. Mm -hmm. And they were also working with the schools. So even though they're a tech hub and you think they should only be helping entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. they're also working with schools in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So having those centralized places where people can go get access to information, access to training, and just like-minded people to support them. So everyone doesn't have to have a mobile device, even though that's 
or purpose at MTN to have a modern, everyone to have access to a modern connective life. But you can also have that through these centers or schools, opening up those schools and the labs that they have there to people in the community. These are also ways that I believe can support. Mm, great. Um, let me get back on the line. Let, let me speak to um, Ajoa. Ajoa, let's talk about the um, a digital literacy and skills action plan. So question one, do we have one? Question two, should we be thinking of one if we don't? And what importance will such a plan hold? That's, we talk about some of the pathways we've mentioned to, to strengthen digital literacy as we want to implement it as a country. Okay, so I, I think um, I think we, we, we have one, but then it needs to be looked into carefully. Okay. And then I think that we should consider implementing um, this plan. I'm not sure that of the implementation aspect, but I think that if we do have one, then we should consider its implementation. And then this plan must encompass strategies for improving internet access, like we talked about, we've talked about the challenges and the issues when it comes to assessing internet and even affordability. So in this particular plan, it should encompass access to internet access and then teacher training, as we, um, uh, my ladies already spoke about, and also the curriculum development and throwing more light on that revised curriculum. As she said, we don't want to still be using, you know, backdated stuff. We want to ensure that we are using something in the present that would help, you know, um, 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 be able to equip them to meet up with the future of work and also partnership with both public and private sectors. And so I am excited about, you know, the government now looking into how they can be able to work with some of the tech hubs. Um, the Ministry of Communications over the past years has been working with the Ghana Hubs Network most of the hubs, including Women's Haven Africa, where I work from, to be able to support young people. And I think that some of these partnerships would go a long way. She talked about Noni Hub, who is also a part of the Ghana Hubs Network. Mm. And then for about three years, we supported thousands of young people to be digitally inclined in the areas of um, digital marketing, digital media, um, different aspects of you know um, um, digital education. So I believe that such partnerships will go a long way and this action plan must have aspects of that in there so that we are able to ensure the successful integration of digital literacy into our education. So if it is there, then we are looking at the implementation and we are looking at how this action plan would help us solve all of the challenges that we have talked about. Yes. All right, thank you so, so much. Uh, Amma, let me let me bring you in. Let's talk about e-learning uh, these days is, is gradually becoming part of what we do thanks to covid <laughs> so how can we how can we leverage the capacity of schools or educational institutions at all levels to accelerate digital literacy and digital skills okay thank you so much for that um I, like you said e-learning has come to stay mm. even though covid is gone e-learning is still i mean covid is not gone <laughs> e-learning has come to stay and it's become a part of us um meltwater has this report that it publishes every year, I look forward to it every year. I see. Uh, yeah, it's called the Data Reportal, and it has um, mm. the digital reports for every country in the world, right? Okay. And Ghana, right now, I think Winnie <laughs> is here. Um, we, I think for 
I'll ask as the next question. <laughs> for mobile, cellular mobile connections, I think we have 44 million. And I know that like almost a, a lot of Ghanaians have at least two phones, right? Yeah. So um, trying to provide a, dig a digital device for a student per school might be very, very expensive, right? Mm -hmm. So um, wh why don't we just leverage on the fact that people actually use mobile phones and, mm -hmm. and optimize their learning platforms to be, um, to be mobile phone friendly. Okay. Right. And also, um, I was just thinking about, okay, people in the rural areas that don't have smartphones, what do we do with them? I know that the farmers use USD, USSD yeah, and SMS, phones, and SMS yeah. right? So is there a way that we can collaborate with the telcos, education can collaborate with telcos to have, to, have to, to allow people in the rural areas to mm. access digital knowledge through that because not everybody has a smartphone right mm -hmm. and also um another thing that um we can leverage is internet internet is a data is expensive and <laughs> i don't know if you've done e-learning before videos are very oh, heavy yeah, yeah, you know you heavy. need a lot of gigabytes for videos right so um one of the things that we did at alx was that um, we realized that online people are complaining that okay it's very expensive the data that we are using mm -hmm. so we created hubs across africa that people can come and collaborate and, and have access to the internet so that's one way that we have done it and also is there, is, is there a possibility that we can still collaborate with the telcos okay so for educational institutions is it possible for to have subsidized internet packages mm -hmm. like you know special internet packages i know there was this time that you could actually use facebook for free on mtn there was a time like that right so is it possible that we could do all these things together right and i think um the last one is let's not allow the e in e-learning for us to make us forget the asian human okay one thing we realized about a we real something we realized um at alx was that when people isolate i'm talking about higher learning where you yeah, are on yeah. by yourself mm -hmm. learning nobody's with you you're online people tend to give up easily people need support if you add yeah. online support if you had peer support and if you add community we realize our retention rates were higher when we added these things so as much as we also focusing on e-learning let's not forget the human aspect of okay. it okay all right great um winnie um Amma mentioned. <laughs> she answered my question. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was actually going to get your thoughts on some of the learnings or some of the things we have learned as a country, and things that we are applying from other countries in accelerating digital literacy for education. So, so answer that. I feel like I have to borrow half of what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so, what other countries are doing, as as she said earlier, is that they're leveraging content online okay so starting from the highest level master's level um degree level all of those things you don't have to enter a classroom anymore you most of the times you don't even have to meet a lecturer mm -hmm. the content is already structured the content is already there you're just going in at your own pace learning between your work schedule and everything so that's some of the things i feel that has been done very well outside okay that there's no need for in going in to speak with anyone apart as long as you pay your fees you can go into as you come down what they're teaching now as we said earlier is about robotics and ai and like we had an intern coming to mtn uh last month and i, I was asking the different interns so we have people from Aseshi, we have people from university of Legon, and then one of my interns um asked her while she was studying and she said um neuroscience and i was like ah neuroscience 
how does that relate to computer science? How does that relate to digital? And we started to have that conversation. So what we're finding out that outside, they're not just thinking, oh, I need to study computer science to do computer science. I'm studying how the brain works, how people learn, how, and they're then using that information to do even development, to do even coding. So I think we also have to look at how do we do a lot more cross-functional learning okay. in what we're doing. Um, so coming down again, another level, as I said, it's good to have these robotics classes in the schools, like the secondary schools. Uh, however, it's so limited. How can we expand that to digitally? So like a lot of things, you know, they have the small pieces, but once the club is full, the club is full. Mm. So how is it that we, we, we've started and we're doing the right things, but we just need to do it on a grander scale, I think is really where my answer lies. Mm. It's not that we're not doing it. We know what to do. We've seen it. We've all traveled. However, to do it on the scale that it needs to be done to have the impact we need to have, then we go back to those partnerships that we need to have, okay. not just between schools and hubs and telcos, but how do we work together for the future generations? Mm, great. Still listening to Etech Monday, the September edition. Our topic for this morning is accelerating digital literacy to benefit education systems. My guests are still here. They've not gone anywhere. I have Amasaki Growth and Marketing Lead, ALX Ghana, Adra Fosua, Ousu Furi, Executive Director, Women's Haven Africa, and Winnie Gidonu, Senior Manager, Digital Platforms, MTN Ghana. We'll take a quick Vox Pop. We'll be hearing from Ama Datsin, who's founder and CEO of Aco Books. She'll also give us her take on this topic. Accelerating digital literacy to benefit education systems in Ghana. And when we come back, we'll try and wrap up our conversation. I'll take a few more thoughts from Adwa, Ama and Winnie and we'll call it a morning. So coming up next is Ama Datsin, founder and CEO of Aco Books Limited. Hello, I'm Emma Dadson, founder and CEO of Arco Books Audio, Ghana's first publisher of and a digital streaming platform for black African audiobooks, ebooks, and spoken word. I'm a computer um, programmer by background. My passion has always been how can we use technology to improve people's lives? So um, starting my service as um, a way to find blind and visually impaired access to books was I got the inspiration for my uh, company. However, if you just think back to how you learned to read, for most of us, chances are learning to read involved a book. Um, whether it was a book that you had from childhood at school or um, a teacher or a library. However, so many uh, Ghanaians and Africans are going around with mobile phones and using them as sources for information. So naturally, I thought, put books on our mobile devices and get people reading more. So lack of access to books is one of our major barriers to literacy on the continent. Um, you may be familiar with or have heard the recent uh, pronouncement from the Minister of Education who said um, the shocking statistic that only 38% of family children in class two are able to read lack of access to books is one of those problems and this is what we really hope that our platform will be able to um, provide access to. Books are essential on the path to literacy and they're also important for opening up other opportunities in people's lives like um, education, employment and even participation in society. But the lack of access to books is a major barrier to literacy and it's a huge problem. 
So our platform provides access 24-7 to a rich catalogue of African books, which we then help to make reading affordable, convenient and fun. During uh, the COVID, many parents and learners could no longer access um, books and reading materials in their schools. We have three main goals with our um, platform, Books audio platform, uh, targeted at students and learners, parents and teachers, and then also African publishers. So for the students, our main goal is to promote the use of mobile phones as reading and learning tools in our African uh, communities, and then also to get a richer, more engaged experience with reading. We're very proud of our partnership with MTN Ayoba, which helps us to provide uh, so many readers an introduction to African literature and books that they may not have come across. For the publishers, we are um, encouraging them to try multi-format printing. We wanted to provide a, a platform where you could discover African literature and get closer to your African heritage. One of the major problems with digital reading is that um, it's a new habit. Um, we also face competition from a lot of other digital streaming activities. Um, young people are used to playing games, watching movies, listening to music, betting. All these things are taking um, their attention away from reading. And so that habit of listening to uh, books or reading, making more time for reading is gone. And um, students are aware of the value of reading. They appreciate it intellectually, but there are lots of competing factors for their money and their time. So that's one of our major factors. Finally, uh, in schools, uh, we still have a way to go with um, digital technology and digital platforms being used in schools. So um, our way out of, um, or our solution to deal with these issues was to form partnerships. And these partnerships and relationships with other people have really helped us to get uh, our, our books out. We're proud of our partnership with MTN Ayoba. Um, the Ayoba channel is zero rated for data. The content available on there is free, so we have uh, a community that has rapidly grown from 1,000 paying customers to 190,000 listeners. Um, we also partner with other organizations like World Reader, which is a fantastic uh, NGO that's dealing with um, providing e-books on, on uh, mobile phones. We've been looking at them to see how we can tap into their already existing network in schools and their approaches to getting uh, children to read um, more and read effectively uh, on mobile devices. In addition, thanks to a partnership that we had with um, MasterCard Foundation, who um, during 2020 set up a cohort for African edtech companies, and we were uh, fortunate to be one of the first uh, 12 companies in that uh, cohort. Um, they helped us to look at how we can get some of the government um, stakeholder relationships deepened. The Ministry of Education has a partnership with uh, UNICEF to um, deliver something called the National Learning Digital Learning Passport. 
it's a program targeted at um, early school, early literacy and numeracy for primary schools. Uh, we are happy to have a partnership with SendLoss to contribute some audiobooks to be part of that national learning passport. And so um, these relationships have really helped us to to get our, our, our books out. We are closely aligned to uh, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, uh, particularly to SDG 4, Quality Education, SDG 8, Decent Work and Economic Growth, and SDG 11, um, Partnerships. We are an African company. We have a focus on African books, um, African writings, and African indigenous knowledge. So we work solely with African um, writers and African publishers. We're growing this audiobook industry, which is actually um, is becoming an, uh, has an important place in the creative African economy. So we provide work um, for opportunities for ac actors, mostly from film and theater, um, and provide them new sources of revenue. And so far, uh, about 60% of our narrators are women. So we're very proud of uh, being able to provide women um, new sources of work. Of course, we are also making uh, revenue and providing new sources of digital income for the authors and the publishers. So that was Ahmad Datsin, founder and CEO of Aku Books Limited. Great, great insight into what they are doing into audiobooks. Wonderful stuff. So listening to EdTech Monday, my guests are still here and uh, they are, for those who may not have caught the conversation from the beginning, I'm Asaki, Growth and Marketing Leader, ALX Ghana, Adjoa Fuswa Wusu Furi, Executive Director, Women's Haven Africa, and Winnie Jidunu, Senior Manager, Digital Platforms, MTN Ghana. Let's uh, wrap it up. We don't have too much time. Uh, we've got to run through our questions. Um, so let me take Adjoa and Ames thoughts on what other approaches we can possibly explore to grow an understanding of digital literacy and then um, its importance in accelerating education outcomes. Maybe we can keep, we can quick fire responses because okay. of because of time. Fine. So maybe Ama you first and then we speak to Adjoa. Okay, I'll go back to awareness. Okay. Right. I'll, I'll go back to awareness and I would also say that there has to be collaboration between um, media houses, academia, industry educators like everybody let's just come together and create the awareness let people know the relevance the importance let people know the career the kind of career opportunities okay. that are even available you know it's it, it helps to increase the understanding of what we're talking about mm. yeah wonderful um i if you can hear me same question to you maybe uh, keep it quite brief what other approaches we can explore um, in terms of li digital literacy and its importance in acceleration education outcomes yes so um I think that from the policy aspect, I am looking at more um, partnerships between the government and then private companies to ensure that we're able to build something sustainable for for the nation. Also beyond that, we are looking at some e-projects by the government. You know, initially we we're talking about some other um, things happening or policies happening in other countries that we can actually pick up from. And I think that one of the best examples is what Singapore is doing with their strategic national projects where they are, you know, putting together e-payment systems, smart urban mobility, the go business, national digital identity, so on and so forth. 
which I believe that if a nation or a, a government is also looking into that area, is going to go a long way to help all of us. Also, we can come up with some digital programs, you know, like the um, Digital Code Week, the Digital Week Celebration, several other initiatives that will actually drive more people to be aware of, um, you know, the digital literacy campaign, you know, the awareness around the nation. We also have some initiatives like the, you know, 1D1F in Ghana, which aims to create digital hubs in each district to actually promote digital literacy okay. among students and farmers. We need more of these initiatives to be able to drive the digital ecosystem. All right, Adra, thank you so, so much. My final question is uh, for my in-studio guests, Winnie and um Ama, what, what what role can other stakeholders like the telcos, internet providers, and all of these things, what can they do or what role can they play in growing digitally literate young Ghanaians for better experiences in education? Okay, so definitely what we can do is uh, three to four things. One is connectivity, uh, mm -hmm. providing access to the internet so that you can actually use it. Um, the second thing is access to devices. I've said earlier, with mm -hmm. all the devices, you can have internet all you want, right? So the next thing, and how to use those devices. Okay. So one of the things we do, as I said in store, is when you buy the device, we kind of help you out in how, learning how to use it. So that's one of the things that we, we feel is very important. And the last thing is services. Okay. So there's, uh, and I spoke about that also earlier, having educational services, um, Aku Books. We partner with Aku Books for several, uh, for some time now for audiobooks you can access them through Ayobo. she provides like free books there okay. in her channel so giving those um three things access to the internet access to devices and then access to services yeah. uh and as i said earlier for Ayobo, it's free to use on the uh on an mtn network so that allows so you will remove that challenge of okay um i the content is there but i can't access it and what we do as a platform is that it allows anyone with a web product to be on that platform and their content also becomes generated. So we do a lot of partnerships with educational institutions and, um, yeah, educational institutions and educational solutions that want to provide reach mm -hmm. for their information that they can put it on a one or a zero rate their products. Okay. So those are the things that we believe that we can bring to okay. the table. Emma, you get okay. the final word. That's nice. <laughs> so we've spoken about everybody, but we haven't spoken about parents, the people who actually parents. have the influence on um, learners and students. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that one of the ways that we can do that is get parents to encourage their, get parents to encourage their children mm. to get some form of digital literacy. Okay. And also, even the parents are the ones that provide the digital devices and the internet. So yeah, parents. Okay. okay, all right. So parents are important. We don't, we don't talk a lot about them, but they are very, very key in all of this. Anyway, thank you so, so much for listening to the September edition of EdTech Monday. My name is Nathan. I moderated the session. My guest, and I had a powerful panel today. I had Amasaki Growth and Marketing Lead, ALX Ghana. I had Adjoa Fosua Ousofori, Executive Director of the Women's Haven Africa. And I had Winnie Jidonu, Senior Manager, Digital Platforms, MTN Ghana. Many, many thanks to you for listening. We appreciate the time. 
And remember that EdTech Monday is a platform for EdTech entrepreneurs, education stakeholders, and government reps to facilitate critical conversations on the use of technology for teaching and learning. Now, it's an initiative of the MasterCard Foundation's Regional Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning in ICT. And at the end of every month, the last Monday of every month, we air it live on City 97.3 FM on the City Breakfast Show. And you can catch it live as well on City FM's Facebook page and on Mest Africa's Facebook page as well. My name is Nathan Kwa once again. Many, many thanks for listening. We'll catch you at the end of October for another wonderful session.